This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's ODB, Our Lifestyle podcast. And we want to remind you that Bayou Showdown is going down later this year in Slidell, Louisiana at the Harbor Center. That's 100 Harbor Center Boulevard, again, in Slidell, Louisiana. Bayou Showdown is November 20th and 21st. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving, so get on out and support the scene, including Custom Car Show Productions in conjunction with Mr. Sean Randall. Bayou Showdown, November 20th and 21st, Slidell, Louisiana. Check that hashtag, Bayou Showdown, or Facebook, Bayou Showdown, for more information. Yo, 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 it's our Lifestyle Podcast, a.k.a. OLP, episode 251. May we smash through the Milestone 250 last weekend. Big ups to Doug Starbuck. But let me see, did Mickey D. Mike, the mayor, did he call into the conference? Are you there? Oh, Oh, I guess I'm going to be doing this one solo again, man. I wish I had another co-host, man, sometimes. Hey, Jay, I could jump in on this. What? (laughs) Is, Is that Hank? Oh. No, it was Hank's sidekick, Riggedy Ryan Perkins. <laughs> My man, they coming through in a pinch, man. I think Mike's out gallivanting around. Something about some show coming next year to Daytona. I go, Mike, I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So how you been, dude? Man, I know uh, you, you've had the paddle stomped, and obviously, uh, man, just a lot going on over your neck of the woods, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I am, I am not gallivanting at all because uh, – I have no vehicle to gallivant in, so I'm just uh, just uh, at the headquarters. Uh, re uh, reorganized the trailer last weekend. I've been doing a lot of embroidery lately. Uh, just catching up on on stuff that uh, that's not easy to do while I'm on the road. So it's uh, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, H A M M E R D weekendwear.com. Last time I was there, man, it uh, reminds me how easy it is to shop there, man. When you hit the main page, you just go to products and tees, man. And I got to tell you, I just recently received, Ron, the DJ. Can I call it the DJ Mays shirt, or is it going to be the, the teal short shirt? I mean, dude, it's easier to say the DJ Mays shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, the, the official name is a square beyond compare, um, but people have called it uh, the Barbaya shirt. People have called it the, the teal short uh Whatever you call it, you can uh, you can click on it and uh, and get it for yourself. Yeah, when I talked to DJ Mays the other day, he said, "Hey, whatever you call it, I've been called worse." <laughs> <But laughs> I love following him on Twitch, man. He's been doing really well. He's forged a path. If you're a a show promoter out there and you need a DJ, look no further than Jason Barbaglia, uh, or however you want to butcher his last name, like I always do. Look him up, DJ Mays on Instagram. You can DM him. Uh, Ron, it goes down in the DM, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. That's where he gets all of his jobs at. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, we'll edit this out. I mean, not you're not talking about <laughs> that. That's other jobs. I mean, yeah, we'll yeah, edit that. You didn't that's, have it for me. Yeah, I got the edit button right here. It's all gone. Okay, so, um, but yeah, man, DJ Mays hit the homie up, the big homie. But um, 
Yeah, Ron, but also on top of that, you have the the Hummer shirt. And uh, the Hummer shirt came out pretty cool. And I always get it mixed up because was it was the guy's name Jimmy Wheeler? I, I always get – I know I'm probably awry on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Broyles in uh, Oklahoma, he's a negative camber member. He uh, he owns a wheel-fixing business. So when uh, Eric did the artwork, put a couple bent billets in there because that's, that's what Jimmy's known for. And uh, I heard uh, news that he had sold that to a – no regrets member uh, as far as uh, his show down there in Oklahoma. So uh, no longer Jimmy's. Uh, and I don't know exactly uh, the person who did buy it, but he's no longer the owner, but he's got a fresh shirt and banner at his house to, to remember it by. Hells yeah, man. H-A-M-M-E-R-D weekendwear.com. Check it out or click the link in, in Ron's Instagram bio. Well, let's jump in this episode, homie. Uh, dude, What's kind of cool is, you know, we try to keep things fresh. We've been mixing up the guest co-hosts. We've been mixing up topics, baking in some audio from different people. And uh, this one's going to be really no different because we're going to keep changing it up. We've got the homie Joey Durham from Majestics. Ron, you love some lowriders, right? I mean, we came up in the same era, dude. Lowriders are the shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, being from the West Coast, I... I came up, uh, you know, listening to a lot of OLP and listening to how people got into the scene with um, Volkswagens and stereos and this and that. My uh, entry line to the automotive scene was the West Coast Lowrider. Uh, that's what got me into mini trucks. So, um, yeah, it's still something that, that I would love to get back into nowadays. But um, unlike the old days, I really can't afford the game they're playing these days. Yeah, I think people are going to enjoy uh, hearing from Joey. Joey's an East Coast guy. Uh, he's got strong connection to the West. Uh, talks about the history so much more. But Joey from Majestics, Little Rider Club, well-respected out there. And uh, he's got a lot to share, so we'll get to that. We're also going to try to check in. Ron, I mean, speaking about one of your supporters, one of your biggest promoters out there mr matt middleton word on the street is they've got a show going down something about a throwdown i thought it was a wrestling deal but apparently it's going to be called small town throwdown and it's labor day weekend dude so you know you can't go wrong if you're going to be over in the saint cloud area you know what i mean oh yeah yeah that was one that we had on the the tour uh that i was super pumped about going to but uh, unfortunately when things happen uh, that was, I wasn't able to, or I'm still not able to get my truck back in time. So, um, unfortunately we are going to have to miss it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a hell of a show just like it was last year. Uh, I saw Matt did a, did a live deal yesterday. I jumped in there and, and, uh, chatted with him a little bit about it. Uh, we sent some raffle prizes out to him. So if you get to the show, make sure you get, get your raffle tickets so you can, uh, you can win some cool stuff. Yeah, they do it for a good cause. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about that, and I would remind everyone that Vertically Challenged, the club, puts the event on. So I know Matt sometimes gets a lion's share, right, because you know, Matt's always out there with his awesome wife. They're hustling, but you know, a lot of these shows, although there might be the one face of it, so to speak, there's really uh, an army, uh, so to speak, behind uh, said individuals that are helping to be the face of it. So Small Town Throwdown, it's going down. I think it's September 4th technically, but we'll talk to Matt. Uh, hopefully a little bit later about that. This intro to episode 251, as we we peel through episode 250 last week, and then we peel into 250 
on our or to 251 on our way to 300. Want to thank Graphics Mafia, Buddy, and Ryan. You can hit them up, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. Whether you want to wrap, some stickers, you need something for your business, a little bit of design work, they'll take care of you. They offer quick shipping. It's graphics with an X, mafia.com, or TikTok, Facebook, and the good old Graham, Instagram. Uh, make sure you hit them up. So, uh, Ron, as we jump right here into the, the scene updates, man, I wanted to kind of start with, I know that you've had obviously, um, you know, some things out there where it's, it's been a little bit of a tough, this little, uh, segment of your tour, but, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're back on the rise and it sounds like the ham ram is going to be peeling out in a town near every listener very soon. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good people over at, uh, Randy's transmission, one of the best in the country, uh, in Salt Lake city. And I just happened to break down there. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get the truck tentatively uh mid-september and then i gotta bomb back home get the trailer do some more shipping and then uh then we're on to missouri for uh sparks uh in the ozarks show that we uh that actually hammered had titled sponsor this year so we're we're happy to be a title sponsor on that one and then and then we're gonna get sideways out to slam fest so it's it's we're gonna jump right back on it no delay love hearing it and you know, there was a rumor kind of going around, and I didn't know if I really believed it. It had something to do with there was, there was some city you went through, and it had all these good nightclubs, you know, gentlemen's clubs. And then there was like kind of a rumor that Hank was out toying with the vehicle. He was up underneath it and stuff. And I don't think that he would try to derail, you know, the tour. But I know that sometimes those, those clubs are calling his name, so you got to kind of watch him, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to watch Hank every step of the way. And actually, if I would have, <laughs> Uh, been thinking correctly, I would have just left him in Salt Lake with Izzy, and, and he could have babysit him for a while. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, you might need to get, um, you know, Paul on board as, like, maybe some inventory management, you know, because, I mean, you just never know some of the stuff. I mean, I've seen, I've heard of boxes falling out of the hammer, you know, the rig, and, uh, you know, I always try to tell Hank, man, hey, listen, dude, maybe a shirt here and there for, you know, for yourself, but, man, don't be, don't be robbing the homie blind, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, those boxes are, are uh, Hank's uh, uh, Hank's raises going out the back door real quick, like. <laughs> yeah, it's going <laughs> it's going down each year. But listen, uh, you know, all kidding aside, we, you know, last week I, I tried to pay as much respect as I could to our lost homie. I know Ron, you're no stranger to this name, and and just a great guy in our scene. I know you had seen that Ernie Macias, rest in peace. Uh, still can't really you know, fathom that he's gone. But um, I believe that his wife or a family member through his wife's uh, Facebook had posted something up and it's just, is still um, tough to unpack, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it all hit the whole community pretty, pretty rough and, and reading just everything that was going on. I found out when I was up in, at the, the Northwest cruise and, um, you know, just kind of put a, put a damper on everything and, you know, having, having a wife and, and a couple kids at home, uh, really makes it that much more tough, but, uh, yeah, no, he was, from what I knew of Ernie, um, we crossed paths, you know, eight or 10 times up and down the West coast. And he was always, always had a huge smile, always joking, always having a good time. And, and he'll definitely be dearly missed. Yeah. And it's, it's so tough that I, you know, he had posted on July 21st on Instagram and he said, literally, it's just giving me goosebumps. He said, some people leave too soon. Hashtag Tito, hashtag 10, 
years. And, you know, it's that famous photo of him at Rezzo giving Tito a big, you know, a big one right there on the, on the uh, cheek. And, um, you know, after that, he posted Showfest 2003, No Regrets CC. That was on July 24th. And really, his last post that I saw was July 25th, the next day, about to watch USA versus Jamaica. I think he was watching the Olympics that day. And it's hard to believe, man. It's kind of like our friend, uh, our dear friend, Greg Miller. You know, you go to a show and uh, or you're doing something you enjoy and then you're uh, just gone all of a sudden. Uh, and it's weird how the world the world works. But, you know, we, we uh, continue to pray and think about um, his family. His uh, wife had posted something up. I believe I had read that maybe on the last episode, but... Um, she posted on his Instagram, Mind of Macias, M-A-C-I-A-S, on um, on today that we're recording on the 24th. And it says, information for Ernie's celebration of life is in Ernie's bio, the link. Uh, we will have more details soon. And when you click the link, you'll see that they are working out uh, the venue. Apparently, they're uh, just trying to nail down those, those last-minute details, and they're going to share all that. But, um, you know... From what I can see here, it's Saturday, September 11th from 6 p.m. to 9.30. Of course, that's Pacific Daylight Time. So uh, we just wish him the best. And um, I tell you, Ron, the GoFundMe, uh, Phil Phil Fowler had sent me the um, an updated screenshot when he had listened to the last episode. And, um, you know, it had already jumped like another $3,000. And that's kind of where it's been. Um, I would just ask if anybody can, as I mentioned last episode, Google GoFundMe, Ernie Macias, just how it sounds. There's uh, over 200 donors. There's a lot of shares on this and um, over $50,000 raised. So RIP, Ernie Macias. Yeah, and another thing, Jay, it's uh, you know funny that you brought up that post that, that Ernie had, had did about uh, about Courtney, actually, as we're recording this, being that it's August 24th, today would actually be um, Courtney's uh, 53rd birthday. So, um, you know, rest rest in peace to to Courtney Hallowell and uh, and Ernie Macias both, and and happy birthday up there and in the big skies there, Tito. We uh, we miss you and and uh, I'm still thinking about you every day. Yeah, real talk, and and thanks for tying that in. I know a lot of the NC members, to your point, will post that up typically on his birthday. So uh, it's a great tie-in, and rest in peace both to um, two two legends, man, that forged their own path in this scene and really united. You'll see so many NC, or, um, NC members, but also No Regrets members say the same thing about um, Ernie, how he really brought a lot of people together. So rest in peace to the legends. Now, yes, um, speaking of, you know, kind of moving ahead with the digital side, so... Brian Good continues to put out fantastic content all on his YouTube channel. Uh, he's he's dabbling in a little bit of the vlog stuff, which I love. But Grinder TV on YouTube, look up Scraping the Coast, or just look up Grinder TV. It's one of his last videos by the time you listen. But I don't know if you got a chance to see it yet, Ron. I watched it last night before I went to bed, and um, I noticed it was a little bit longer than his normal video. So I was really intrigued by that, and then I got to you know seven eight minute mark something like that, and then it cuts away, and I was like, oh, maybe he's going to do his little bit of a his vlog, you know, showing his travels, and of course, you know, talking about our friends we lost and and people in the scene, you know, he does just a, a wonderful tribute to our friend Greg Miller, and 
you know, I had some smiles on my face, but I had some tears too, man. And um, it is nicely done. He went back and found some of the video that he had of our friend Greg from different events. And uh, I just thought it was real heartwarming what he did. Yeah, actually, I'm going to need to go back there and, and take a look at that because I've been I've been so busy in the studio. I haven't had a lot of time for for YouTube, whether it be um, you know Frank at Custom Life or Grinder TV or our friends over at Mini Garage. I really need to to get in there and check that out. Um, I'm a couple episodes behind on the Mini, mini Trucker Colt uh, YouTube as well, um, so I just need to take a day off and sit down and veg in front of YouTube all day. Yeah, there is so much content out there, and you know we try to. Try to push all of it and you know sprinkle some out there, but um, you know obviously turning on post notifications, you know that'll kind of keep you guys up to date out there, all the listeners. But um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there, and it's hard to balance it all. Now, uh, street trucks, I talk a lot about these guys, but streettrucksmag.com, man, they're on a warpath as far as updating content. If you go to the website, you'll see at the top, um, usually. On the, the most of us are on our phones these days, but you'll kind of see the very top where you can kind of scroll through. They call the headlines, and uh, those will kind of go through um, their little uh, spinning deal of what's on the home page. Um, I click through it on the website, but uh, man, I tell you what, from C10s to the, the Ram pickups, and uh, I'm looking right now, I'm seeing Billy Bob 63 dots in here, you know, so they've got a good mix on the, their home page, uh, streettrucksmag.com. And speaking of that, they were just out down for Dennis. I think it was um, Adam Johnson, our homie, our brother. Uh, he was out there, and they've got the top 10 trucks of, of down for Dennis. So it's pretty awesome, Ron, to see you know someone like Street Trucks that has an amazing magazine, but they uh, they continue to get behind that digital piece as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, reading through the, the paper copy myself, um, but the way the technology is, is moving over, Street Trucks has done one of the best jobs of, of getting over into that digital media and, and make sure they have people to cover everywhere. So big ups to them, and I, I look forward to seeing that, uh, that 63 Datsun down in Las Vegas this year. That's going to be that's gonna be awesome out there in the, the, the Gage Media. Is that their booth down there? Yeah, absolutely. And it was pretty yeah. cool because that 63 was on a shirt, and I can't remember. It was on uh, one of my buddies has a like a clothing company he does, and right. I could have swore I saw that. I don't know if it was at Lone Star Throwdown, the 10th anniversary this past February, but I swear you 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 you've seen that one, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, wh- whoever put that on a t-shirt must kept their ear to the ground because the the t-shirt dropped the same time the truck did. So. <laughs> So mad, mad props to those guys. <laughs> yeah, and I, I could have swore it was a company called Hammered Weekend Wear, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, Weekend Wear. And speaking of D, it had some D in that Dotson, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a little little D. Chris won't admit it, but it's uh, it's the smallest <laughs> D that I've seen. <laughs> uh, good stuff. But streettrucksmag.com, check it out. From an event perspective, I know, God, I mean, there's so many events out there, and it's tough to really keep up with them all. Uh, I have dedicated some time. Uh, if you go to ourlifestylepodcast.com, on the left, click on official OLP show calendar. When you get to that landing page, then you have to click where it says click here or tap here on your phone. Uh, and then you're going to get a pop-up that says, do you want to subscribe or open this calendar? When you subscribe to the calendar, uh, I'm going to dedicate even more time to adding shows to it. 
but like last weekend was severed in the Southwest. Now it's a show that I've never been to. It's the you know the club that I'm in. I'm a part of, and um, you know Ron, it was awesome. The photos I saw, just really a good time. And uh, you can check the hashtag severed in the Southwest, or go over to Sever Ties Instagram, and you can click on uh, a couple of the photos that, they, that they've shared there. And uh, you can click on the hashtag, and you can see the man a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the one of the better shows that that I've been seeing coverage from from the Midwest and myself uh, included. I haven't made it out there. Um, just scheduling doesn't seem to work out. It seems like every year, but but we're gonna have to get out there. It 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 promises to be a good time. Absolutely, and the cool thing is, there was a good mix of different vehicles there. A lot of the severed uh, crew, even from some of the south, uh, made it up to the Midwest, which I thought was awesome. And Fat Fabs, it looked like they were hard in the paint there. So uh, Big Sis, Lil Sis, you know, rides, you know, the pickups, some drone coverage, a couple cool videos. It's all out there. Even the um, the smoother, the Smoother S10 that uh, I think I last saw at Showfest 2012, I want to say. That truck with the red guts, so to speak, it was there. So, the, you know, it was, it was a good mix of vehicles. So Yeah, yeah, and myself included. I haven't seen the Smoothster in a long time, so I would have I would liked to see that again. Real deal. Now, from a print standpoint, I know uh, streettrucksmag.com, same deal. Um, if you scroll down, so under the headlines, they had shared the new C10 Builder's Guide. And I love that they're doing this kind of the reveal. Chris Hamilton posts it, and it was around the 19th of August. But, you know, this one's definitely going to hurt some feelings. It's got a little bit different spin to this truck, so to speak. And uh, I can tell you what, they had a lot of uh, shares on this one. It's pretty crazy. But um, what I really want to um, uh, thank Street Trucks for continuing to do, just in general, obviously, they're over the C10 Builder's Guide and all the other Builder's Guides, but... They also allowed for me to shoot coverage of Made of Steel, one of our favorite shows here in Dover. Made of Steel is going to be doing something this holiday season. We're going to be talking more about it, hopefully a VIP-type experience. It's going to be over in the Orlando area, but they're going to be doing uh, something for charity. I think it's a toy drive. I talked to Goat a little bit, but I want to just bring it back and say thanks to Street Trucks allowing me this year to shoot the coverage for it. So I'm so excited to see it. Love uh, having that opportunity and to get a chance to showcase some of the badass vehicles in this Florida area. So uh, check that out. It's going to be in the new uh, street trucks that'll be shipping very, very soon. Now, Ron, from a Facebook standpoint, you know, I've seen a bunch of different stuff out there, man. Um, anything that you've uh, that you've seen pop up the last couple days of uh, you working there in the compound? Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of show updates. Uh, a lot of people are, are kind of getting into the second half of the year here. It's hard, hard to believe that we're coming to the, the bad side of, of the year, so to speak, where the, the sun's going to start going away, but, uh, but the shows are not stopping. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of upcoming shows, a lot of show coverage, um, you know, on, on a more positive note, that's, you know, a lot of people are, are traveling, doing um, family stuff. So that's really cool seeing people's, uh, vacation pictures that are outside the car show, um, scene. So, uh, that's the majority of what I've been seeing pop up lately. Yeah. Same. And, I, and here's one I was kind of surprised on our homie, Tony Moore over at Asphalt Army. 
he had posted up that I didn't even realize, and, and I don't go on Facebook as much, but you know, he kind of said the past two months had been rough, uh, and he wanted to give uh, Marsha and Sherry all you know some love. Uh, he had fractured, so he thought, his foot, and I think he um, he went on to say that I think it was broken, and um, you know, so he's been through a lot there. So it was kind of cool to hear from the homie. You know, he had reached out the other day, and you know, much much love to those guys. Love what they do, and it looks like he's getting back in the catbird seat, uh, launching some stuff. So I think that's pretty cool, and I think he might be cooking something up for relaxing in the park St. Louis next year. But I don't know, man. I mean, I I, I could just be off basis. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's doing some pretty cool stuff. I've seen some teaser pictures from him um, for, for relaxing uh, in the park uh, for next year, which is going to be uh, another cool cool event going down next year. He was in that boot, I think, at Camp and Drag this year, um, and he was hoping it would just be kind of a spring, but I, I guess it was broke. Uh, he was telling me he had to do some inventory the other day, and, and uh, Blake and Emily, um, his brother and, uh, and his uh uh, brother's wife had come over to help with the inventory and and i was just reminding him how how lucky he was to have that extra help him and marcia blake um of course their parents uh emily everybody that's part of that family affair over at uh asphalt army they uh they, they're a great team they all work together really well so it's it's cool that he's able to to be able to lean on them a little bit when uh when he's doing it one-legged so to speak oh yeah good good way to say it um, I missed this one a minute ago. Sean Patrick, from a show perspective, he says, "Well, we did a great, uh, we we had a great time today at Thunder on the Mountain Show. Wifey brought home her first hardware for side toy, getting second place for modified truck. So, big ups to Sean Patrick and Donna Mahaney Patrick. Love seeing those updates, and um, don't get a chance to talk about those great folks enough. So, uh, big ups to them. Now, here's one for you, Ron." The um, man, my brother David, aka Kool Aid, we all know him as Kool Aid Man. I think he was trying to throw a wrench in your one of your last shirts, dude. I mean, where did what happened to Pablo es- um, Escalade? You know what I mean? I think he he flipped the script. Yeah, yeah, he totally flipped the script on me. And actually, we were trying to get that shirt out um, before scraping the coast, so I was beating him up to have him give me some reveals of the paint, but uh, <laughs> he said. He, he said, Hey, I'm not, I'm not giving you any updates. Like if you want to run the shirt, great. If you want to wait until the paint comes out, great. And I was like, dude, I think it looks dope the way it is in white. So we ran with it and, uh, man, I didn't think it could look any better than that, than that all white flat laid out. But that new blue paint with the graphics on it is, is something else. I'm kind of kicking myself for, for not holding off on the design. I know. Right. It's, um, it, I mean, I think it looks fantastic. I think Sketchy had chimed in and said that um, Maxwell did the the graphics. I believe I know he had it over at Extensive, so uh, I gotta ch- I gotta check in with the big homie. Speaking of Escalades, uh, John Lopez, the big John Lopez, as my dad would say, John Lopez, he has es- Escalade and he has a new tag that I think felt hand painted, I believe, and uh, that's Project Escalade. And uh, it's going down to Jimmy's Running Custom. So uh, he was teasing a little bit of that. I'm excited to see. the A um, couple more things. Um, Scott, I call him V6 Scott. Uh, Scott over here in Florida, he has some picks here from the ice cream meetup. So it was cool to see people getting together. I thought that was awesome. And a big one I wanted to share was 
Orange Beach Invasion. So they did open up the pre-registration, and uh, this was Lauren Miller. The premium section of the main street is opened up. I think you can pre-register on Orange Beach Invasion. I looked at it earlier, and I don't know if they opened that yet, but you can message uh, her. Uh, last year, we had approximately 170 spots open. This year, they're only going to have 115 open. You got do have to get your vehicle approved as well. So one of our favorite shows, Orange Beach Invasion. It's spring break every March in Orange Beach, Alabama. And then, Ron, here's one that I saved, dude, that involves you. Good looking out going over to, <laughs> right? Dude, you were on another podcast, and I thought it was awesome, man. You're showing some love to the, the the future guys of our scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hooked up uh, hooked up with Dayton at uh, Camp and Drag, and we just had a little sit-down. We just kind of chopped shit back and forth, and uh, that released, I want to say it was late last week or early this week. Um, so that, that was really fun, uh, sitting down with them and, and just chatting about um, – about everything Ron Perkins. It wasn't just, just Hammer Week and Wear. It wasn't just the trucks. It was kind of a collaboration of everything. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Excellent. Love what they do. So future mini truck and podcast, check them out. Um, you'll see them on Facebook and we'll link over. They use Anchor, which I think is a division of Spotify. So it's pretty cool to check out there. Now, the last couple things, I did want to give a shout out to Paul. Uh, Paul, we had shared uh, collage of his dually. He's got a famous dually and it's Paul Moffitt. I believe is how you say his last name, but he has the truck that he's calling covered dually or covered dually and covered dually was on a cover of trucking. It was featured in street trucks, both by BMC, Brian McCormick rendered by Thor did the new rendering. He's refreshed it. It's OBS. It's got a ton of mods. It's got the old school Phantom grill still on it and uh, amazing color. Love this truck. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I think those are, for the most part, those are the updates that I saw from a scene perspective. Uh, Ron, anything that I may have missed? Uh, no, the only thing that, that kind of sticks out in my mind, uh, Sunday was Tony uh, Boss Bowen at uh, at the golf club with a, with a Lincoln, all G'd to a T. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh Biggity Boss Bolin, what was ironic is my homie had hit me up about doing a, a rental and uh, for a vehicle. And I've been wanting to dabble in that, and I've been kind of planning on some stuff. And I checked with Tony, and Tony was like, well, hey, I could take care of this one. And um, so he got all the duds on. He went through the 65 gold bricks and did a bunch of maintenance, little things that he wanted to do. And, of course, it's a Lincoln. We still had a couple hiccups that Saturday night, but ended up being a couple that I can't make this up. Daniel Smith of Smith works. I talked to him the next day and he was like, yeah, I was at a wedding last night. And I was like, okay. I mean, there's probably a lot of weddings. And I was like, well, where was the wedding? And he was like, well, over in like Trinity area. And I was like, at a golf course. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is kind of getting weird. I thought he was messing <laughs> with me. So it ended up, he was actually at that wedding that when the bride and groom came out, I guess, you know, there were probably people inside still doing their thing, eating, you know, whatever. And the bride and groom came out about, I think Tony got there at 9.30. And, um, yeah, it, it turned out he was at that wedding. And, uh, dude, that was crazy. But, yeah, man. That is funny. Yeah, and speaking of Daniel Smith, I meant to mention this last week. He's in one of the videos that Grinder TV did, which was um, got a bunch of views. It's painting Finnegan's truck. 
So Mike Finnegan, as many of you know, was a mini trucker. He's been on this podcast. And Daniel Smith was kind of tied in there. I think Tamco was as well. But uh, I would I would highly suggest you check it out. But I just happened to call him on Sunday to check in with him. And he said that. And I was like, dude, this is, this is weird, like Twilight Zone shit. You know what I mean? Oh, right. What are the odds? Yep, yep. The scene update is brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. You can go to garagegearclothing.com. Free shipping in the U.S. Hit them up. Garagegearclothing.com. They have ladies, kids, men's. They have stuff as low as $5 with stickers. And, uh, of course, they've got Garage Girl as well. So, garagegearclothing.com. Hey, Jay, I don't know if it's just my calculator, but my calculator is telling me that all of Garage Gear clothing ships in the continental United States for free. Is my calculator wrong? Well, I... Dude, I've got um, this little scale over here, and I just weighed this package. And for some reason, I've got this garagegearclothing.com tool, like you were just talking about. And it's telling me, like, it would normally be 15 bucks to ship it, but it's saying if I were to ship it, you know, through Garage Gear Clothing, it's free. So I don't, I don't know how that happens, you know? Oh, I guess, I guess my calculator is right then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do it, Ron. I mean, you are possibly... You know, the, I don't want to say David Copperfield, but you're you're like a Chris Angel. You know what I mean? Like you just make stuff happen. I, I love this man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was trying to think of Harry Houdini's name, then I was like, well, I don't want to use that one because I mean, dude, that guy kind of, you know, he kind of died during one of his, you know, um, as Chris Angel calls him, he calls him. I want to do a demonstration. I'm like, I don't want to see any demonstration. I'm out, dog. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The way he talks and stuff, he's like, it's a demonstration. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I mean, that's the way, dude. I've seen, I've seen Hank on a Saturday night in the club, like start talking to the ladies. Like he, he will talk like Chris Angel, and dude, they just flock over, bro. They'll leave their little VIP space, and they'll be in his space, going, "Dude, this is the new VIP." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, out back by the dumpster. We got, we got Hank's VIP out by the dumpster. <laughs> um, just be flocking to the dumpster. Crazy. Oh man, dude, the, that's where they stash like the expensive bottles of wine, and they're you know what I'm saying. So I don't know, man. It's weird how this stuff goes down. But uh, yep. moving on to the key show update. So, want to remind everyone, LoneStarThrowdown.com. Here's the key: next year's 11th anniversary. This year was insane. Uh, Hank and Ron will tell you. But here's the crazy thing, right, Ron? They only do 2,000. And I know it sounds crazy to say only 2000 but when you pack in all the food vendors, all the T-shirt vendors, all these different companies, products, Fat Fabs, so many different companies that come together there in Conroe at the end of February, you quickly realize that going into the 11th year, Ron, it's hard to find a bigger, badder truck show. And when you see all these mini trucks there and all these C10s and full sizes and, and everything, I mean, hell... You know, NC Duck always brings out cool shit. Uh, Scooby. I mean, I, I think next year Scooby might have like the Knight Rider 18-wheeler there, bagged and body dropped. I mean, dude, this guy, these guys, I mean, there's so much cool shit there, man. Yeah, it's it's something that I've been going to for, man, I want to say nine years, eight years. And, uh, you know, whether you're going there from a vendor's, you know, view on the thing or you're going as a participant or you're just going to check out the show, like, there's not a bad seat in the house. So it, whatever you got to do, February, be in Conroe, 
Um, they're, they're limited to 2000 vehicle entries. They're limited on vendor spaces also. So believe you me, I pay for my booth in March for the following year. Uh, you know, and nobody has, I mean, as far as participation, you don't have the option to do that, but as soon as they open up the uh, pre-registration, you need to get on because those don't last long. Yeah. Real deal, man. A uh, mini madness is having slam fast the 30th anniversary Speaking of shows, that's going down the 9th and 10th of October. So we're basically, give or take, about a month, five, six weeks away from SlamFest 30. You can tap on that hashtag SlamFest30. And uh, sunny Tampa, Florida, it's going to be insane. The pre-registration is still going down until the end of September, I believe. I keep forgetting, but it's it's minimadness.com. Scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link, and then you have to click on top, you know, on the next page, and then you can pre-register there. Inside is sold out, of course, but um, it's going to be good times. Uh, from there, uh, we talked about Small Town Throwdown, so obviously uh, Matt will hopefully come on to talk about it. Uh, Slamfest, as I mentioned, uh, of course, SEMA is the first week in November. I do know there was some news there about the whole mask thing. You know, I, I'm happy they're having the show. You know, I know everybody's got their opinion on the stuff, so it looks like I'll be able to make it out this year. Um, I had been asked to go, so I'm excited about that, working with street trucks. We'll see um, how everything goes. Laying at the Lake is the uh, 12th through the 14th of November. That's Grapeland, Texas. Bayou Showdown is the 19th through the 21st, as we talk about at the top. But I do feel like I'm missing some other shows. And, Ron, I know you know some of these dates. Uh, KIK, they're having a show as well. And I know it, you guys make it easy at Hammered because I can go to HammeredWeekendWear.com and I can click on the World Tour. Now, I know some of these dates had changed. But what I'm looking at here is uh, you were going to be at Show Me Shake Up, which was the 10th and through the 12th of September. Branson. Uh, Sparks in the Ozark, as you had mentioned earlier. Now, are you still making Show Me Shake Up? Well, unfortunately, the Show Me Shake Up was uh, due to some things that are happening in that area uh, with COVID and everything. They were having to cancel that one. So that gave me a little bit uh, extra time to get ready um, for Sparks in the Ozarks, which is also in Missouri. Um, and like I said at the top, that, you know, it was. Uh, Title sponsored by Hammered Weekend, where yes. so we'll 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 relaunch the tour there, and then of course Slamfest um, Last Resort is the one that you had mentioned earlier that KIK is a big supporter of uh, in Jennings, Louisiana, just before uh, laying at the lake in Grapeland, Texas, and uh, Bayou Showdown. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so Last Resort the twenty second through the twenty fourth in Jennings, Louisiana, as Riggedy Ron had mentioned. Yeah, it's tough to keep up with all these, and what I need to do is I, every time I sit down, I'll, I'll start putting some dates in, and then I realize like maybe a show changes. Oh, I forgot this one. So I've had some fine folks actually reach out and say, hey, you're missing this one on the calendar, and that means a lot because, one, they're subscribed. Two, that they've kind of noticed, and uh, we're going to keep this going. I mean, we're the only, I think, entity that I know of that does the digital experience like this, and a lot of it is because um, – I mean, hell, we're trying to plan vacations and, you know, long weekends and stuff like that around time off. So it just makes it a little bit easy. So uh, thanks, Ron, for helping me pull the nose of the plane up there relating to the uh, key show updates. 
Right. Now, the Key Show Update is brought to you by the West Coast Influence. It's simple. If you want to support the West Coast Influence, go to minitruckfilm.com. You can order the Blu-ray or DVD. And by doing so, you're supporting the scene. You're supporting Radar. He spent his own money to produce this documentary-style DVD. Check it out, minitruckfilm.com. A last few updates, podcast updates. I did uh, post the new YouTube flip-through for issue 39 of Mini Trucking Magazine. Some of you think I'm crazy, but I'm going to go through all 269 issues of Mini Trucking. And some of you might be going, well, why? We get a lot of love, a lot of views on these videos. And some people are, you know, often are looking for their dad or for <laughs> looking for their dad, looking for their mom or dad's vehicle, featured vehicle from like 1990, 1994. We're all getting older, right? These kids are getting older and they're going, hey, my dad's truck was in a magazine. It was an orange and pink one. Do you know what issue? Well, now we've been able to pretty much put together so you can scrub through them, watch them, whatever. But um, you have to go out to YouTube and search Our Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, Ron, you've heard of YouTube, haven't you? Or, or you're on a different kind of tube where you, I don't know, some weird shit, huh? Uh, yeah, YouTube is my uh, second favorite video uh, experience online. Right. So yeah, I've heard of it. Not not my first favorite, but it's it's close second. Now don't be hanging out with the smut smuggler down in um, the smut bandit down in Naples because there's <laughs> there has supposedly been I don't I mean you can't make this up a string of of stolen uh, I don't know I don't want to call it paraphernalia. But stolen smut. So, I mean, you got to watch out. I mean, Mike is a mailman. So, you know, just be careful, you know, the circles that you're hanging in, you know? Only in Florida. <laughs> Florida man and Florida woman. Florida man, yep. All right, podcast updates brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. Say it time and time again. If you are a show promoter or you are a vendor and you want to put vehicles or images on a skate deck, look up Joey at Get Decked. He's got the best service out there. Ron at Hammered Weekend Wear, as well as OLP, we approved this message because, Ron, you commissioned some decks from Joey as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we got a hold of Joey at the beginning of the year. We had 30 decks made for the U.S. Tour, which is our pick of the, the tour stop. So um, that will be um, – we will be getting back on that uh, here in October. And uh, if anybody is looking for – five uh, random awards that I was not able to give out at these five shows that I missed, I'll make you a good deal on them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And maybe get Hank to sign a couple, you know, that that's going to immediately get the value up a couple hundred points, you know? Right. So, you know, send those decks off, get them graded, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know? But, uh, authenticated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, I mean, it ain't Rocket Appliance, you know what I mean? I mean, if you're a Trailer Park Boy fan, you know that one, you know? I mean, it's just not Rocket right. Appliance. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Joey at Get Decked, he's on Instagram, he's on Facebook. All right, so the Airhead Nation updates. Uh, a couple here that I had saved from Facebook. And, uh, you, know, there's, um, you know, there's a couple tough ones. You know, Lauren Miller, Greg's daughter, you know, she talked in her post recently about how she bounced back. She hit a little bit of a tough spot, as you can imagine, you know, a little bit of depression, anxiety, and, uh, you know, being a nurse and losing her dad and having this wedding come up. I mean, you look at this post and you're just like, man, how can one person juggle all this? So much love to the Miller family, especially Lauren, a lot going on, 
I'm glad to see she's you know she she's smiling and she's doing what she can, and uh, we know it's been a tough road for her. So uh, much love to, to Lauren Miller. Now, Craig Braid, as I call him, CB Cooper, right? If you listen to the last episode, it kind of ties in CB, DB, and then Cooper just because it's a Pacific Northwest thing. He actually changed his profile image. I love it. We're going to have to get a shirt made. Maybe some stick. We'll start with some stickers. You know what I mean? And and I don't know. I mean, Craig, you know, he's celebrating 20 years at Republic Services. I mean, there was a rumor that he came into some money, you know, but I think he's a little too young to have, you know, jumped out of a plane. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, you know him from up there. I mean, ne- and next time you're rolling with him, I mean, he's always got, you know, some money on him. So I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it might have been, might have been uh, Grandpa Braid that, that jumped out of the plane. Right. I mean, he's always going to some, he said he, some river they love to go to in the summer. Or they're always digging around or something. I was like, man, it's kind of weird. But, uh, right. you know, all kidding aside, dude, good, big ups to the homie. You know, him and his wife are awesome people, big supporters of the podcast, and can't wait to, to see them again at a show. Uh, this one's really tough, man. I tell you what, um, William, or as I call him, Bill from, from Camp and Drag, dude, just yeah. a heart-wrenching post about his pops, and he mentioned, you know, he was a bodybuilder. He was a man, a super healthy man, and he just says, hashtag, you know, F cancer, and you know, it, it, it's tough, man. It really is because I tell you, man, you could be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You could be a bodybuilder. You could be someone that runs triathlons. And, you know, we all meet our demise, whether it's uh, a horrible disease or something, you know, like cancer. We've all heard the C word before. So, um, you know, I just posted on there, man, asking for, for God to be with his family, man. I mean, it's really, really tough. Yeah, yeah, the image uh, that that Bill had posted was really, really shocking. I actually lost lost my pops to cancer, and and uh, it's it's devastating what it, it can do to a person, and and just seeing that image is really eye opening, and it kind of brings back some some painful memory memories for me. But uh, we wish we wish Bill and his family all the best as as they're uh, as they're going through this. Yeah, and. Um my my coworker she she's going through some cancer stuff she had uh some she was out of work in january she had her uh surgeries and stuff like that and you know she's she's constantly battling like she had to leave early today to go to Moffitt and stuff and i tell you what, i was when i was younger i didn't really have a connection to anybody that really that i knew that had cancer and then you get older and you have coworkers and friends and you know with facebook you see the devastating thing that people go through so it's always important to reach out to our friends, check on them, especially if they have things going on like this and they post things. Um, you know, check on the homies. You know, comment. You know, text them here and there, and uh, just make sure they're doing okay. Because there's a lot as we get older; it's, it's a lot to deal with. You know. Uh, speaking of that, Joe Bernardo had posted R.I.P. Alan Shaw, one of the nicest people that he's ever met, and someone that he called a true friend. So, uh, looked like he was tied to the scene. You know, rest in peace of the homie. And then last but not least, a little bit of a positive thing. Chris Jurgerson, Jurgensen says, well, today is a big milestone of 900 days sober for me coming up on two and a half years of sobriety. So I'm seeing more and more of that. I'm seeing more and more rappers and hip hop folks as well, like an Eminem, like a Crooked Eye, which is now known as um, King Crooked. You know, these guys have, have win and, and, you know, sobriety is the way of life for them. So. Uh, I know Bob Grant has, I think, um, taken that 
uh, that stands many years ago as well. So uh, Dave Shulman as well, big ups to the homie, big supporter of the podcast. Appreciate that, Dave. But, you know, some people out there that, you know, they, they made these choices um, for the better of their lives. So, you know, much respect to those guys. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, Chris is a, is a, a Northwest Oregon guy. Um, and I saw that um, 900 days and commented on him congratulating him and and you know 1000 days is right around the corner keep it up chris and and good job i know you're doing it to, to better your life and your family and and uh it seems to be working out really well for you so congratulations yeah real talk and, and listen the last one that um you know you know this one and it ties into the kool-aid shirt recently is you know oliver porter dude uh, someone that many of us know either from in person as a friend as a homie someone we slapped hands with Really well-respected guy, forged a lane early on in this whole truck scene. You know, you know there there were the likes of like you know Ronnie was doing flat out, right? So you have guys like him at the infancy, but then you have you know someone like Oliver Porter that comes in and you know he puts his flag in the ground and says, "Hey, uh, you know this is what I want to do," and you know uh, domination video you know uh, had just spread like wildfire all those years, but. You know, Oliver won uh, Mini Truck of the Year with his Toyota. He's got the IF Customs tie-in. You know, we saw that truck many places. But I say all that because many of us know Pops, which was Oliver's Pops, his dad. And uh, we met Pops through going to shows, right? He traveled with them even before my dad was really hitting shows with me. And it was a devastating loss. I mean, after we lost Ernie, uh, news broke about uh, a week ago that uh, Pops had passed away. And uh, much love and, um, you know, respect to Oliver and his family. And I hope that they can make it through this tough time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a, a tough one um, to, to hear that Pops had passed away. Oliver, um, we became good friends when he shot my truck uh, 15 years ago for the video. And um, he's come up here quite a few times, stayed at my house. You know, we went to Blazer games when the Phoenix Suns were in town. He'd come fly up here. I'd let him borrow my truck. He'd get photo radar tickets with it. And, uh, <laughs> um, we, uh, yeah, yeah. Pops is just a great dude. And, uh, up until shit, maybe three years ago is when I, when I first learned that, that his uh, government name was Dennis. I just always called him pops. So, um, you know, rest, rest in peace to, to Dennis, um, pops and, and he'll be missed as well. Yeah. Uh, thank you for saying that, man. And Oliver, if you hear this, or some of the homies that you know hear this, text him and let him know. He did chime in on a post. I did not tag him. Uh, I want to thank Joshua or Josh Irwin Coalition Wagon on Instagram. He had um, had passed the news upon, or passed the news on that uh, that he had that he had passed away. Uh, I had talked to Carrie at IF Customs uh, a couple days before, and he just said, "Hey." One of our friends on the West Coast, his dad's not doing well, and I had an idea who he was talking about, and he didn't want to share too much. But, um, you know, Joshua, thanks for letting us know. And we were able to pass the word upon or pass the word on, and when we did, uh, Oliver did chime in on it, and he said he wouldn't be responding to messages, and, and rightfully so. You know, he's got a lot going on, but, you know, rest in peace to Pops, as you said. So with that being said, I want to thank Colorado Custom Wheels for the continued support love their products, you can go out to coloradocustom.com. You can message them on Facebook or Instagram. Michael and team will take care of you. Although there is obviously, I'm sure, uh, constraints out there 
with different uh, wheel companies and products. I mean, there's all kinds of supply constraints. Uh, just know they're doing their best to, to satisfy all their clients. Uh, ColoradoCustom.com, again, Instagram and Facebook. They also go by CC Cycle Wheels, which is their motorcycle wheel division. Dude, we've covered so much this week, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I do want to let everyone know that Mike is doing okay. I know he's been super busy. We joke around a lot, but you know, check in on your friends, text them, call them. Don't be strangers. You know, it's easy. It's easy for time to pass by. I do it sometimes too. I, I saw today Chuck Dog text me last weekend. And he said, hey, how's it going? It was Sunday, and I was just trying to kind of detox a little bit, you know, just clear my head, and, you know, I didn't text him right back, and I saw it today. So it was important for me to message him back and say, hey, man, no, it's been a day or so. I appreciate you checking on me. How you doing? You know, so check on your homies, Facebook, Instagram, DMs, calls, FaceTime. I mean, there's a million ways. Freaking WhatsApp. I know um, Hank is on, you know, he's telling me about all these other kind of apps. I'm like, man, I don't know, dude. Some of these apps are kind of a little borderline, you know, illegal. You know what I'm saying? But seriously, right. check check on the homies because I, I I know Hank checks on his, you know. But uh, Ron, I appreciate you taking the time, bro. Anything else you got, dude, for the Airhead Nation, for everyone out there, man? I mean, any any hints on what's coming? Anything? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, as we do two T-shirts every two months, September first is coming up. Um, we gave a little teaser with, uh, most people guess the front end of, uh, of the orange car that, that we released. Um, so that's just kind of a little teaser there. Um, and I don't know if you were able to catch the, uh, the teaser of the second one, but, um, we put a couple teasers out there. You're going to have to tune in, um, Wednesday, September 1st, we're going to drop two new designs that will be going to the following uh, Wednesday, so it'll go September 1st, and then the pre-order will end September 8th, so you'll you have a couple days, and then you can enjoy your long Labor Day weekend, and then you'll have a couple more days to get back in on it, and uh, we will launch those two, which are, um, I don't even, I'm like short for words, because these two, I haven't seen a pair of shirts come across my email that have been as badass as these in a long time. So you guys are definitely in for a treat. Um, but unfortunately I'm not going to give anything away here. You're going to have to wait until the first of September. Yeah. Real deal, man. And, um, you know, it's just the, t I mean, you're always talking about just the tip. It sounds like that's, you know, you're, you're good at just kind of giving just a, you mean, you mean like when you say that you mean just a little bit of information, right? Is that what you were trying to say? Yeah, yeah, you can't give them the whole thing. Just, just the right, tip. right. Just like for a mi you know, minute, a second, or something like that. I mean, just a little bit of information is what you're talking about. Right, <laughs> right, okay. exactly. Okay, we're on the same page. Cool. <laughs> but seriously, h a m m e r d weekendwear dot com. Big ups to to Riggedy Ron Perkins, man. Keeping the pedal stomped. Obviously, he's had some hiccups with the rig, but he's keeping the ham ram legal, and it's going to be back trafficking. You know, arguably. Uh, paraphernalia, but mini truck paraphernalia, you know what I mean? Across state lines. I mean, this is not an easy deal. I mean, it's kind of smoky in the bandage, smoky in the bandit ish, but uh, we, we wish you all the luck, man. And appreciate much love to RA and all the other kinfolk out there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm super excited to get back on the road. Um, I hope everybody will come visit the relaunch of the, uh, the U S tour uh, in Knoll, Missouri. Um, the first weekend in October, uh, Hammered Weekend Wear presents uh, 
Sparks in the Ozarks. So come on out. It's a great show, great after party. Uh, just It's just a hell of a weekend. When I lived in Missouri, um, it was a lot of fun. And now I'm back on the West Coast, and I'm, I'm willing to travel 2,000 miles to get there. So it's that's, that's what kind of show it is. Real deal, man. Love hearing it. We're getting ready to roll into some audio with uh, Matt from Vertically Challenged, and then we'll roll into the audio with Joey from Majestics. I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Be safe out there. We're getting ready to get up to uh, Labor Day weekend. Remember, uh, just a reminder, I'll be at C10 Intervention with Street Trucks. So if you're going to be out in that area, come check us out. If you're going to be in Florida, go to Small Town Throwdown. It's a great show that weekend. You'll hear more about it here in just a minute. But, Ron, dude, it's always real deal, brother. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on and let me co-host. And uh, I will see you bright and early for SlamFest. Slam fast 30 coming up soon. All right, brother. Have a good night. All right. Appreciate you. We got you. Yo, yo. And as I mentioned, we're getting ready to roll in here with audio. Would like to remind everyone that Slam Fast 30, yes, the 30th anniversary of the famed Slam Fest is going down this year in October, two months away or so. In sunny Tampa, Florida, come on down the 9th and 10th of October. Make those plans now. Always beautiful weather, knock on wood, in October. And it's the 30th anniversary for SlamFest. You can check the hashtag SlamFest30 for more. Or just search SlamFest on Facebook. Pre-registration is still happening. You can save $20. And that $20 is like getting a free show shirt. Go out there today, SlamFest. On Facebook. Yo, yo, as I mentioned, just finished up with Riggedy Ron from his Amber Weekend Wear. But now we're rolling into some audio from Ms. at Middleton. That's a hard one to say in Carney. Ms. at Ms. at Middleton. And I'm not even that good at Carney, bro. How you doing? Hut one, hut two, hut three, hut. ODB is live <laughs> and uncut. What up, dude? My man, dude. He's on that Woo Wednesday. It's only Tuesday. I love it. <laughs> what's going on my brother hey not much man i love seeing all the stuff that you got going on you're cruising low you're hitting shows you're flying here you're flying there but most importantly man you're having a good time right oh absolutely dude i mean like like we say we the only way to make the scene better is going out there and getting boots on the ground and having fun yes boots on the ground i love it now it was important for us to get you on this week because Small Town Throwdown, maybe a show that you've heard of, is coming up soon. And, um, man, give us, like, the elevator, like, the who, what, why, where, when. I know you've probably got it in your head, and you can spit it like some, you know, inspected deck and spit, you know, prophecies, you know, like like he's going into, like, a woo a woo-averse, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going down September 4th, which is Labor Day weekend. It's happening here in St. Cloud, Florida. Uh, it's going to be from 12 to 7. Um, we're going to start registration at 12. That's where we're going to have everybody start rolling in. Uh, vendors will be starting setting up at 10. Uh, those who are bringing trailers and, and vehicles that don't run and under construction and things like that, they're going to be rolling in at about 11 o'clock. Um, we'll immediately start hitting raffles, and, and, and judging will start right away, and we'll, we'll try and get things rolling and have a good time, man. Yeah, I love hearing it. I know you've got to be super excited about uh, everything that's going down. I mean, it's a big effort. And, um, you know, I was trying to get it down there. I, I think it was like I bomb atomically Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses. I can't define how I'd be dropping these mockeries. And that's the way you guys are doing it 
with vertically challenged, right? I mean, you guys are are dropping some gems, and this is one of them. This is one of your like this is one of the chambers, right, of the woo. But this is the, your show, and I know it's been a group effort, right? There's been a lot of folks. You know, your wife is a big piece, right, in terms of you know getting behind the show and getting out there, having the orange shirts on. Talk to us a little bit about a couple of the folks that have stepped up to help, you know, put this event on in terms of raffles and whatnot. Yeah, first off, I want to say, yeah, my wife, Michelle, has been the best. If it wasn't for her, I would not be organized. But the people who have jumped on board and helped out more than anything else, Ron with Hammer Weekend, where putting us on the World Tour shirt, which was a huge, huge blessing for us. Um, Feltham Fab, we just dropped the cup, which is for the registered vehicles this week. Um, Dizzy with, ha- has, you know, gone off and made a couple of things. He made a frame for us this week for Facebook. Uh, Damien's thrown in uh, some of his killer backpacks for us to raffle off. You guys have stepped up and uh, given us a bunch of stuff to raffle off this year. I mean, Graphic Disorder knocked the artwork out of the park like they always do and seeing it in actual print. Dude, just, just wait until you get your shirt. Just wait. Yeah, I can't wait. And, you know, Graphic Disorder kills it with all of these different you know artworks for shows and brands and all that stuff and and i couldn't agree more the decorvers they apparently loved it for some reason i don't know why though uh i don't know (laughs) tim just nailed it she just nailed it right on the head with it this year yeah it was something (laughs) but big ups to the decorvers you know they've got sparks sparks in the park it's going down April 1, 2, 3, 2022. Dude, you can't you can't do an April like a 4123. I mean, that's almost like an April Fools deal, you know what I mean? I don't even know if the show's going on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're pulling one over on us. Who knows? Tick Mark himself maybe trying to pull a fast one all of us so we're not there. <laughs> yeah, he put a DMS 10 on some of the artwork and I was like, "Dude, I think I've seen that that dime before you know what I mean but that's for another episode you know we're trying to cut a promo yeah, over yeah. here for my boys show small town throwdown and the decorvers are trying to rope us in you know so yeah I'm, I'm super bummed you're not going to be able to make it man we're going to have an Olympic day with the BMX track this year Ah oh, man I'm so excited for it now this year what's the layout going to be because I know last year right you had this kind of this challenge with the city and with COVID and all that stuff this year, are you kind of looking at the same parking lot, and, and or what's the layout? Well, this year, we've been blessed that the city is on board. They're they're helping us out a little bit more this year. Uh, thankfully, we got more porter potties I know I'm sorry for what happened last year. We have way more bathrooms this year. Um, we have the two main parking lots. Um, trailer parking is going to be behind the gates in the actual BMX track area. So that'll open up a lot more space this year. Um, we got, um, the local boy scout troop is going to be doing barbecue on site. Uh, we got a local hot dog guy on site. Kona ice is supposed to be coming through. So we actually have food vendors on site this year, which is killer. We got actual vendors coming in place to set up and and sell product on platform site i have club members coming from louisiana i got club members coming from georgia north carolina so we'll be staffed up ready to go so we're going to be a lot more organized this year and it should be a lot smoother excellent man now talk to us about the show shirts i know we were talking about the artwork but are they going to be able to get one did you guys have some leftovers what's the deal there yeah uh pre-orders or pickup day of the show 
we already have those all bagged and tagged. We got some uh, insider trading from Miggity Mike. He gave us the one, twos, and threes on how to do that. And then we made sure we had black shirts day of. I got them from small to 3XL for those guys that didn't get in on the pre-order. We do have a couple 3XLs available. Excellent. So you'll be able to get those. Now, the raffle stuff, talk to us about how where that money goes and uh, some of the stuff that you're going to be raffling. You kind of hit on some, you kind of hit on some of it. The raffle items, all of the proceeds from the raffles are going to go to multiple sclerosis, which is the charity that we do every year. A lot of people suffer from it in the scene, very close to us and from our other families in different clubs. So it, it seemed very fitting for us to try and give back to a disease that has no cure. Um, so we have Billy the Kid is going to be doing a cooler for us this year. He's going to be painting it up. That's going to be a cash raffle that we're going to auction off. Um, a lot of the other auto items that we have uh, include Devil Boy Media, uh, Damian Davis with the backpacks, which are super rad. Um, Asphalt Army sent us some shirts this year. Hammered Weekend Wear sent us some shirts. Um, you guys stepped up and gave us some items to raffle off. Um, KIK stepped up and threw us some stuff. Um, I know we got one or two more items, uh, but we're going to have a couple of secret items too that we're going to throw in their day of and announce. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Small Town Throwdown going down in St. Cloud. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out their artwork, uh, go to Instagram, type in Small Town Throwdown. You can check it out there or on Facebook, of course, Small Town Throwdown. What's cool is I've been telling everyone, don't give it away. There is an Easter egg that's in the artwork. It's really epic. Eric, Brant, the entire team over at Graphic Disorder really killed it. And... um you know, what would be awesome is um, Adam the Woo, he's real big on, on YouTube. It'd be cool if he could camp, come out, if he could somehow get him out there. He lives in St. Cloud. You know, he's got a place there. And then he's got a place over in the West Coast. He's kind of hard to get a hold of because he's not really on social media, as you would think. But, um, you know, every time I see him in St. Cloud, I'm like, man, I wonder where Matt's at. Where, where's Vertically Challenge? You know what I mean? That would have been super rad if he could come out. Yeah, I mean, I would I would love to have them come out and just hang out and spectate, which spectators are free. You guys didn't know. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. So um, if they get there at a certain time, they can pay to get in the event with their vehicle, right? You have, you have some awards you're going to be giving away. Um, any other key information you wanted to share? Uh, be mindful. It is a public park. There will be kids playing around. Please be respectful of the park. If your kids want to bring bikes and skateboards and stuff like that to ride the, the track or the BMX park, just know that that's a separate entity and they'll probably have you sign a liability waiver, but I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to ride the track as an Olympic day for the BMX standpoint. I know the skate park is open. You can go in and out. Wheeler was rolling around last year with his kids. Uh, I know the Shulman's kids were out there rolling around, having a good time. So that that's that's one of the things that we love about this location. It's it's so family welcoming, you know, because the kids get to play and have fun while the parents get to chop it up and look at cars. Excellent. You and Michelle do a fantastic job of getting out and going to as many events as you can, networking with people from east to west, and uh, that goes for all the vertically challenged folks, right? You got a good bunch of uh, of kinfolk that get together to put this one on. I'm excited to see what you guys do this year 
and some of the photos that I'll be able to check out. As you mentioned, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. I'll be over on the West Coast at C10 Intervention. But, you know, you guys are building upon this, and, and for anybody that's out there, a listener, you may not recall, this event used to be a different weekend. And because of COVID last weekend, it could be a blessing in disguise. You guys moved it to, was it Labor Day last year? And then that's when you said, hey, we can make this weekend work each year going forward. Well, the year before, it was Memorial Weekend. We were originally going to be a Memorial Weekend, but with COVID, it pushed us back to September. So we we decided, we checked with Craig, because last year, Battle and Bama was on Labor Day, and we checked with him to see if he was going back to his original weekend, and he was. So we're like, all right, cool. September works for us. We'll keep it in September. Let's make it a holiday weekend. You know, we're, we're real close to the theme parks. You know, all the other surrounding attractions, you can make a family weekend out of it, go to the beach, whatever. Yep, exactly. That's awesome, homie. So, but man, I I love hearing it, dude. I mean, it's good that you guys were able to mix it up some and, um, you know, you made stuff happen, dude. And uh, again, tip of the cap. I love the fact that if you count, yeah, you're welcome. If you, if you count the shows and I've done this. It's something like 10 events. You know, if you if you look at everything and you count next year, Mike's going to have one in the mix. Of course, him and, and John in, in January. But if you count everything, you know, Big John, um, I didn't mention uh, earlier, like the Trucks and Cheeseburgers is coming up. And if you go on Instagram and type in Trucks, uh, I usually just type in, yeah, Trucks and Cheeseburgers all spelled out. That's like uh, September 19th. So a couple, week, a couple mm-hmm. weeks after your event, uh, the event that you guys are putting on September 19th is trucks and cheeseburgers. But like, if you count that and you know, all of these other events like the decorvers and slam fest and one of our favorite shows, relaxed atmosphere has relaxed on the ranch. I mean, just so there's so much going on in the state and it's awesome because years and years ago there was one or two shows, you know, and now there's 10 or so. So there's plenty to get out no matter if you're in the panhandle or you're anywhere else in the state, you know, there's plenty of events, and we thank you guys for putting another one on. Well, I appreciate that. It's it's crazy to see the the change and the demographics move from where SoCal and Bakersfield used to be the hot spot, and now it's everything's in the southeast, and you know, and Florida has you know this massive growth of shows that are coming to be, and it's just it's awesome to be here now and to be a part of it and be able to go now and support these other shows that are happening in the state and in the Southeast. It's, it's definitely a blessing. Yeah. Real deal. And we're getting ready to roll into audio with Joey from the Majestics. He's a low rider guy. And if you wait, if you listen to the end, he talks about an event that they're going to have next year in Florida. Okay. So you add that one into the mix, man, dude, there's plenty to go around. There's plenty of events. There's Made of Steel. There's so many awesome you know, events out there. Uh, Small Town Throwdown is awesome. And uh, I had just a great job or a great time the last two years going to it. And uh, you know, even when you guys first kicked it off and then you were planning to have it kind of at a different venue last year. But you're kind of fighting your, um, your footing, so to speak. And we're super excited about it. But uh, Matt, before we let you go, uh, give a shout out uh, to your son and then anything else you want to share. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, my son, Caden, if you guys know, as Mike says, he's the coolest kid mini trucking right now. Uh, he's he's super excited. He's going to be with me day of, and he's going to be helping out with the show. Uh, so if you got any questions, you can ask him. He'll tell you how to do things. 
Um, my wife, Michelle, who had, without her, again, I would not have been as organized as I am now. And the rest of my crew who has stepped up and helped us out through and through the rest of my club mates that are coming from out of state to come and help and staff and show support. They're bringing vehicles out. So I look forward to seeing you guys September 4th and we're going to have a great time. Yes. Small town throwdown Facebook, Instagram, as I had mentioned, get out there, low riders, full sizes, minis, of course on the rise, but uh, it's going to be a, a great family atmosphere. Get out there. Plenty of raffle tickets, so bring some cash. It's going to our goods call uh, to our, a good cause, as Matt had mentioned. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time. We're going to roll into some audio. Be safe this weekend, homie. Don't do anything we wouldn't do, and keep it legal. All right. You got it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. ODB, we out here. On to the next one. Enjoy the weekend. Yo, yo, as I mentioned, this is an awesome episode. Been so excited for a while to bring on our friend Joey Durham. My brother, what's going down from the Majestics? How you doing? Hey, what's up, homie? How you doing today? Hey, everything is good in the hood, man. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. It was cool meeting you not too far um, you know, ago over at the Roosters uh, cruise-in deal. Um, so, yeah, man, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to know you, Joey. Yeah, no doubt, man. I- that was a good uh that was a good turnout there and you know i was you know they welcomed me real well over there man i enjoyed it i'm looking forward to next year yeah i can't wait man i wanted to kind of ask like maybe give a little bit of background about yourself you know who's joey durham well i'm uh the president of the majestics daytona beach uh chapter worldwide majestics let's put that in there and uh i've been uh, a member for 21 years and uh enjoying every minute of man uh, the clubs took me to a lot of different places in the country, and uh, I got to meet a lot of people. So we're going to stay on this journey for a lifetime. I love hearing it, man. When I first slapped hands with you, I was like, dude, this guy knows this stuff, man. I'm like looking at this car. I'm looking at you know just different little things, and we're going to talk all about it. I kind of got this awesome vibe that you know when I was growing up in the 90s, you know, there's so many things came to mind, right? Ice Cube video. Uh, it was a good day and things like that, and I want to hit on that. But you know, talk to us a little bit about kind of like where you grew up because you you did actually grow up on the East Coast, right? Yeah, I actually from originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. And then uh, I came down here. I've been in Florida, oh man, like twenty six, twenty seven years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty, um, yeah, pretty so, kick ass. Now I got to yes. ask you this. Um, you know, back in your days, because I kind of imagine we're probably around the same age. Like, did you grow up, like a lot of us, like, you know, into BMX or skateboarding or like kind of what was the stuff like, you know, as a teenager that you were getting into, were you starting to see Low Rider magazine and that was the gateway? Well, you know, my, my father owned a mechanic shop in Cincinnati, Ohio. So, you know, I was a little kid running around the shop and, you know, originally I was around like muscle cars, Chevelles, Camaros, stuff like that. But then uh, my brother, he had started getting into the Cadillac game. So up there where the shop was at, it was in, in the hood of Cincinnati. So, you know, we were seeing like the, the Oldsmobile nine eights, like on public enemies, uh, front cover, yes. you know, and, uh, and then, you know, we had Oldsmobile 98s, Cadillacs, you know, shit like that. So, you know, back then we were just rolling, nobody could afford hydraulics. So we were rolling air, you know, air shocks with the thirties and Bogues. And that's kind of where it started. And then, uh, 
And then I moved down here to Florida. I was actually originally living in Pinellas Park mm-hmm. when I first moved to Florida. And then I was like driving trucks then, and I was down at St. Pete, and I seen this Monte Carlo like busting a three wheel. <laughs> and I said, "Man, I ain't never." That was the first time I've seen it in person. I seen it on videos and stuff like that. So I had to make a U-turn, and <laughs> I know a lot of the guys from over your way probably remember this shop. I, I pulled up to a shop called Plan 9 Hydraulics in South St. Pete. Yeah, I remember and, hearing about uh, that place. Yeah, and that, that that tells you how long ago, uh, you know, I went back. from that was where I got my first car hooked up with hydraulics. It was actually an Orly setup, if that tells you anything. Oh, damn. Yeah, man, that's a little throwback yeah. right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's I had a, a an '87 Monte Carlo Luxury Sport that I put that on with some Supremes. Dude, man, all these terms are bringing back great memories, and it, it's it's crazy that depending on where you grew up in the country, maybe you were into certain things. You know, some guys on the West Coast, maybe they were into surfing. You know, some of us got into mini trucks because of this and that, but. Like what you're kind of talking about is like in your area, man, it was like the certain cars you saw and that was something that just bit you and you're like, damn, dude, this is, this is what I want to do. Um, it was that kind of the feeling you had, like as a teenager, like you knew, like I remember seeing a mini truck and I was like, dude, this is the stuff I want to do. It sounds like you had that same kind of notion, but with the low riders. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, like I said, my dad's shop was in downtown Cincinnati, so you know, all the all the the drug dealers and stuff and they had the nice cars down there you know nobody was affording that stuff with drug dealers back then and i was like but my brothers he was you know we got cars through my dad we were fixing them up with parts you know through the shop you know like we you know wheeling and dealing with people to buy wheels or you know or trade all stuff and and yeah it just it it was in my blood from a at a young age just being at my dad's shop you know yeah yeah that's killer man now like when I think about the Majestics, you know, I want to talk about kind of like the club stuff too. But when you th- when you think about before I get to the Majestic stuff, right? The, were there certain clubs that you saw up there in that area that you that you remember, or like do you think a lot of a lot of what you were seeing was that kind of from that West Coast, like you know the Easy E? And I like to kind of use him, but like you think above the law, and you think NWA and all that stuff. A lot of that is what drove the term, you know, six tray, six foe, that type of thing. Do you think it was around that era when other guys were starting to, to see that, and that was helping to build the lowrider momentum, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've found a lot more history on it since I've been in the Majestics, you know, uh, from the West Coast. In. I mean, we started, I think that's what started the vibe hard on the East Coast was them videos and all that. Um, you know, I never really got into the whole car club thing until I came to Florida. And one of the first guys I met, and he wasn't even, he had a mini truck, was Jimbo. And I know a lot of guys know Jimbo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so actually the first club I was ever in was Fly Customs. Damn, uh, okay. Know, yeah, so that's that's something I hadn't even thrown your way before we talked. So, yeah, I had a, I had uh, my Monte Carlo that I told you about with the Supremes and Fly. And then after that, I had a 63 Impala two-door hardtop. Got it. Okay, wow. So, see, that you already know where I was going because I kind of wanted to know maybe what you had before what you got now. Um, yeah, what what are some of the good memories? What are some of the good memories you had in those early rides, man? 
man, the, some of the good memories I had was when we had all, you know, you, and this is kind of going with the whole collaboration like you and I talked about. When I was in Fly, you know, Jimbo come up to me and uh, brought me into the club. But, you you know, what I what the good memories I had was, you got to remember, that club was a lot of mini trucks and, like, you know, import cars and stuff. And then here I come, and there was a few other guys with the lowriders, you know. So the good memories I had was everybody collaborating together and mixing together and getting along and cruising together. Then were the good times, you know. Nobody was separating each other from, you know, lowrider to mini truck to import car, you know. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because I think, like, you know, there's a lot of different genres now, especially you got stance guys, you got, you know, this and that, but, you know, I'm glad I met you, you know, you're a real cool dude, Joey. And I think, you know, we can build off that momentum even here. Like if you think about trying to bring it back, you know, a lot of people say, oh man, I remember the old days, the good old days and stuff. But I truly think like there's enough stuff going on in Florida. Like we could, we, you know, we could mash up and do some cruises and, and that type of thing. And, you know, when you and I were talking kind of before we started, you know, we, we're seeing that a lot on the West Coast, man, with this resurgence of mini trucks that, uh, you know, like the new minis and, and desirable minis and some of these different groups, like, I mean, they're, they're just out there cruising, a lot of the tilt um, the tilt bed stuff going on, dancing bed stuff, but then the lowriders are doing the thing, so I think we build upon that momentum, you know, on the East, bro, and we show people, hey, dude, we're more powerful united, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, you know, and that's, and I'm, I'm love watching these videos from West Coast with the mini trucks out there with the tilt beds and all that out on, out on the cruise spots with the lowriders. Now, I understand, like, clubs got their, you know, their bylaws and their, you know, their, their rules and everything, but, you know, it does, like, we, in the lowrider world, we hang with a lot of different clubs, and they're all lowriders. They may be lowriders, but we're all still one family, and it's like, okay, you got your, like with Majestics, it's a tra traditional lowrider club, so you got rules and what types of vehicles to be in that club. It doesn't mean I can't ride with, you know, or cruise with, you know, like a mini trucking club, you know, and exactly. we all have a good time. So Exactly, and that's one thing I want to give a huge shout-out to my, my brother, Vic Figueroa. You know, he got in several ties, you know, 10 years ago or so, but, you know, he's he's been able to build upon his 84 Cutlass and, and, and uh, you know, form some inroads with different lowrider guys and he's become you know some guys got a cadillac you know some guys are you know rolling on um you know obviously wire wheels and stuff but you know he's, he has those inroads now and um you know i think it's awesome because dude i really think like minis full-size trucks uh lowriders i mean we all have our place in the culture really that's what it comes down to and um so i, I kind of wanted to ask you this you know speaking of culture um you know, what are some of your early memories or like, what are some of the things like you understand, like how low riding started? Cause I've read some stuff, but I kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, what the things that you've heard over the years, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, there's, there's a lot of different stories and, um, uh, you know, how low riding started and, you know, I don't have a true, you know, I don't have a true description of how it started, but you know, from what I rem from what I've heard, you know, I remember guys like, you know, they, they were getting in trouble from riding too low. So they had to, right. you know, and the cops were pulling them over. So they had to find ways to raise their car up, <laughs> yep. you know, to cruise. And they were like taking the, the pumps off of the tailgates and stuff of the trucks and all that back in the day. Yeah. Yep. And it's that's how, and that's how it all started. 
know? Yeah, and that's that's know. a lot of what what I've heard and stuff. And and w- the reason why I kind of you know, and I appreciate you saying that because the ironic thing is, you know, depending on where you look, you know, you, you'll you'll basically you know read that hey, letter writing started like eighty years ago, basically, which is kind of crazy because yeah. if you, if you think the forties and the fifties, you know, you know, is basically uh, eighty years ago. The thing that I thought was ironic is like as many truckers. There's a guy in our scene, uh, Brian Gendro. Like he was the first guy uh, to really put airbags on a mini truck, or really any kind of vehicle in terms of like lowering it to the ground. But what was ironic was, you know, as that started to grow, mini truckers were getting pulled over. Uh, one of our friends, rest in peace, Ernie Macias, he recently passed away, and he has this epic photo of him crouched down, and then a police officer is measuring the height of from the ground to the bumper you know <laughs> that shit so it's kind of funny that i i don't think a lot of the mini truckers you know and this is my assumption they realize that like the low rider guys were going through this shit like way before we were you know what i'm saying yeah exactly like majestics it started back in 1973 but the the founder Lil john um you can find him on facebook majestics founder this is uh his screen name over there on facebook he started majestics in 73 but he you know he was in a club he had a club prior that called the persians man and um man i you know i love talking to that guy because he's got so much knowledge of of the you know the early seven you know the 60s and 70s uh with low riding you know and um yeah so we're proud about that man it's just you know having a you know i'm proud of being in a club that's you know got so many years under their belt still having the founder evolve, you know yeah straight up and down and to joey's point um search majestics with an s of course underscore founder uh just found him here and uh man a lot of cool stuff a lot of history when um one thing that um that i had noticed you know doing some research you know it talked about like low rider car culture in, in la in the mid 40s to 50s uh, initially, a lot of uh, Mexican American youth, you know, lowering the cars and stuff like we talked about. There's like the motto that I've always heard, like "slow and low," and that seemed like that was the thing in the beginning. And and really, you could even argue now. I mean, I love riding my Lincoln slow and low. You know what I'm saying? But I think that whole philosophy is really maybe one of the underpinnings, right? I mean, it's like you have the style of the car, but you know, you're not trying to win a race. You know, you're out there to cruise. Yeah. Without a doubt, I mean, uh, you, even in the lowrider scene, you got different types of lowriders now. You still got the guys that just want to cruise, you know, or like me, I just want to cruise low and slow. And then I got people in the club and friends from other clubs that, you know, they're into the hopping, mm-hmm. you know. So it's about how high you could get now, you know. So <laughs> Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And I want to hit on that. Now, Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you, Joey, like when you think of, you know, there's there's a couple cars we could talk about, One, you know, before we get to yours, of course, which I'm excited to talk about. But when you think about lowriders, I've always thought of like the, something you'll see oftentimes, and I know there's even, um, there's a big article out there on the National Museum of African American History and Culture, right, in this website, and there's a bunch of information about lowriders and stuff. But to me, like when you see the ones out of like the 70s and the 80s that stick in my mind, like it really was an expression of like who the person was, right? These crazy interiors, um, stuff you still sometimes see today. 
Uh, I mean, even engine bays done with with material, right? Crazy. But like, is that you know when you think of the cultural side of it, right, and the expression of the person or that family that built that car? I mean, is that something that you've you've continued to see over the years going to low rider shows? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's still going on. I, I, you know, your car is you know a representation of you, representation of your club. You know, it's it it. Uh, and it's still going on like that, you know. So yep. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And and the the paint to me too, right? I mean, that's such an expression of, you know, uh, the, the person and and the crazy paint jobs that I've seen. I mean, the undercarriages. I mean, all the detail work of the engraving and stuff. It's mind blowing to me what what the lowrider crew can you know what, what different guys and ladies as well can, can put into their vehicle. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, everybody's everybody's pockets different. So yeah. you know, we we always, um, you know, we appreciate everybody's out there. You know, we, we're trying to keep this tradition alive, and it, it's a it's it's up it's it's us to keep the younger generation involved. You know, like I got my kids out in the garage, you know, wanting them excited about it. You know, yeah. I got as a matter of fact, my son's my vice president. You know, he's building an '87 Monte Carlo. You know, Damn. so I'm proud that, yeah, and, and you know, unfortunately, I'm his dad, so I mean, you know, he did a frame off. He did first low rider, he's doing a frame off. You know, <laughs> so, and but you know, and, and it's taking longer, but he's he's appreciating it and he's learning a lot. And um, so yeah, I mean, everybody's different. You got from mild to wild. You got your traditional low riders, which is more of what my car is, and then you got you know the hoppers too and then you got the guys that's still in the lowrider game that's uh taking their cars back to almost the original look that's that's came back strong so Mm -hmm. hydraulics but you know everything looks you know factory like it came from the factory yeah one thousand percent uh we're talking with joey durham from majestics and uh you can follow joey on instagram it's joey j-o-e-y majestics with an s uh, go check it out because we're going to talk a little bit about his car. When you, well, well first off, I want to compliment you because a lot of times, like, you'll see a dad and the kids and, you know, working on a car and you'll see this awesome comment that people will make. They'll say, raising them right, you know. And as a car guy, you know, we all kind of feel that. It's like, hey, you know, you're out there, they got the kids washing the car, building one, that type of thing. I think you nailed it, Joey, like, trying to get the younger generation to, to you know, to you know use their hands and and do yeah, things absolutely. like what we love i mean that's that's a great thing man yeah i got my i got my son out there he's he's eight years old you know always <laughs> wanting to help even my even my daughter you know she's six always wanting to help me whether it's handing a tool or just sitting out there with me you got to keep them involved keep them out of them fronting video games all the time you know <laughs> yeah i know right what does it mean, like, you know, when you think about low riding, right? So we talked a little bit about it, slow and low and that type of thing. But, like, when if I really were to break it down, I'd be like, yo, Joey, what does low riding mean to you? Like, I mean, because you've been doing this a long time. Like, would you – you have an elevator pitch that you tell someone on, on what it really means to, to, to you as a person? You know, to me, it's, it's, it's my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not just a car. I mean – this has became a family affair. I mean, every day there's a talk about whether it's the club, the cars, or whatever. I mean, it's it's my lifestyle. I couldn't see my life without it. You know, it, the it runs through my veins. The cars, 
you know, like in a club, we say we bleed blue and gold. That's our <laughs> club color. And uh, I do. I mean, anybody that knows me can say, yeah, he bleeds the blue and gold, you know. So um, to me, it's it's everything. My wife, she's in the club, too. We're building her a Cadillac right now, you know. So, Dude, I mean, I to me, it's, I it's love a family it. affair. Yeah, we gotta get, we gotta link up more because man, I, like, it, it's crazy to sometimes think like we all got friends and this stuff, but you know sometimes it's hard to get the homies to come by and help out. And to me, like, it's even important just to you know stop by someone's crib and crack a brew or a drink and and chill in the garage a little bit and be like, oh, what are you working on? And oh, do you need some help? No, I'm cool. Whatever. It, it, it's awesome to be the camaraderie, but you use the word that ties into our podcast title, you know, lifestyle. And yeah, one of the shows, like I've loved hip hop since the late 80s when I really got into it. You know, I was 10, 11, going on 12, right around that age. And, you know, listening to uh, Soldier Mischief, you know, from Cali and Daz FX and so many different things. But LA Originals was a Netflix series. I don't know if you ever saw it. You know, kind of ties into yeah, like, yeah, Mr. Cartoon, right? You, it's yeah. hard to watch that and not realize like what a lifestyle like they they live it all. It's the music, it's the art, it's the graffiti, it's the lowriders. I mean, dude, what are, what a well produced documentary! You got to see our documentary too, Jason. It's uh, okay. called Sunday, Sunday Driver. Okay, and it's a documentary on the Majestics actually. All right, and you know, yeah, that's another one that you can check out on YouTube and. um and that you can even get the DVD, but, uh, you know, yeah. So it was, it was produced, you know, early 2000, you know, like it was produced actually, I think late nineties, early two thousands, but man, I, I watched that still. I can't tell you how many times I watch it and it just to keep, just to motivate me. If I start getting down about my car or just not getting out the, out to the West enough, I just watch that, man. My homie gangsters on there. You know, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people know Gangster. You know, he's he's the president of Compton, man. He's the one that, you know, paved the way for Daytona Beach chapter, man. Much props to G. So that's dope. And yeah, I see the thing right here. You go on IMDb or just Google Sunday Driver Majestics. It's going to come up. Uh, Obviously, that's something I learned and and I'm going to definitely check it out. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, Joey, when when. I think about low riding. One thing I think that's interesting, you know, I, I bought, you know, Snoop's album the day it came out on my birthday, November 23rd, 93, right? And I would have never thought, you know, 30 years ago that Snoop would be like so ingrained into like, you know, pop culture, we'll call it, right? I mean, damn, he had a show with Martha Stewart. I mean, that's crazy, right? But when I. <laughs> never I mean, seen that coming. Never seen that coming. <laughs> didn't see that from Crib. From, I mean, did he reps? I mean, he was one of the first rappers that was like, you know, he was like, you know, about repping his set. But, you know, he's he's made it and, and he's been able to do and forge his own lane. But I also think about lowriders and when you think of how they've crossed in the mainstream. I mean, if you look back at, um, you know, movies, we talked a little bit about there, obviously, but TV commercials, I mean, hip hop, etc. Are you ever amazed at just an enthusiast, right? And a member, of course, of Majestics. Are you ever amazed at the crossover that lowriders have got to at this point? Man, I'll tell you what, it, I, you know, kudos to them guys, man. It makes me proud to see lowriders in the mainstream. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and, and it, and I'll tell you what, that's I, that's what I think has helped it come back strong is the most recent ones, you know, the most recent movies and stuff. 
that's been out there in the last few years. Oh you know, yeah, the last two or three years. So uh, you know what? That me being in the game long as I have, even when low riding was dying out here, man, I still kept it one hundred. You yeah. know. Yeah, I love and, hearing uh, that. It, it didn't matter to me that oh, you know they, you know what it was was you know low rider was strong. Then you had all these other you know people started getting into other types of cars or or die it died all mm-hmm. of them. then you have uh these movies come out and then low riders getting strong again well i'm glad that people took the opportunity these producers and stuff to make the movies like nwa and then the mo- other movie low riders to help bring it back over at least on the east coast west coast has always been strong as we all know oh yeah yeah it's it's amazing i follow kind of a weird tie-in here is I follow Tony Hawk very closely on Instagram, social media. I, I just love, seems like a super nice guy and he's obviously been skating forever, but he'll, he'll post an old video of like the late, I don't know, not late eighties, maybe early nineties, early into mid nineties when, and he'll say, this is when skateboarding was like really starting to die off. And I think back and I remember there was that era that skateboard skateboarding in general, like the, the kids grew up a little bit and then the other kids weren't really into it as much. And there was that period where I guess it kind of just nose dived off and it's weird how stuff goes in cycles. And like, to your point, like I never really thought of low riding kind of dying off, but to your, I guess, you know, your recollection is that there were on the East coast that maybe it, 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 it um, plateaued off a little bit. And to your yeah. point, I mean, I love seeing that it's coming back full force, man. Yeah, me too, man. It's and it's it's cool. Like right where you know where I live, at, I live outside of Daytona. You know, right in the city I live in, it's it's cool. People would never know, but there's like three or four different lowrider clubs right here in this town, and some of the hottest lowriders you see right here where I live at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's it's cool. And we're you know it's the older guys. We're still keeping it alive. You know, and it. it but now we're all working on finalizing cars, and I'm I'm just looking forward to getting out there cruising again, man. You know. Yeah, for everybody sure. Looks at my car, everybody looks at my car and goes, "Are you you ain't gonna drive that? I'm driving that car." You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so killer, and you know, going. You just mentioned some of the rappers. I mean, I remember in my younger days, you know, my friend Paul Lane, one of my best friends. I mean, he really got me, you know, ingrained into. He was a big fan of NWA and and MC eight and stuff like that. So like I started looking at the album covers and you look at, you know, Compton's most wanted that amazing overhead shot down into the Impala. And like, I just was like, dude, I love this stuff. Now, granted, I've never owned a low rider, so to speak, but I've always felt like I've read about it. I've listened to music. I know enough about it, but, um, to, 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 to make me, uh, dangerous, so to speak. But like when I think of easy E and I think of cruising down the street of my six foe, and then you've got, you know, Dre and Snoop, uh, they do let me ride and above the law, King T, MC8, all these different guys. But I remember seeing Ice Cube's "It Was a Good Day" video, and as a as a young cat at that time, I just could not take my eyes off that car. We would VHS record the videos and we'd go back and rewatch them. And and I yeah. I have to give a lot of credit. I mean, granted, like we've established, right? Low riding was done way before that. But I do think that the late '80s into the '90s, a lot of those rappers helped to really like propel it. For I mean, even if it was us on the East Coast, man, and, and I got to thank those guys for that. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, that, I think that helped uh, the rise of low riding out here on the East Coast for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, without a doubt, 
you know, I know I was a youngster, and I remember, I remember saying one day, I was like, I seen nothing but a G thing video, you know what I mean? I said, I'm gonna own me a '64 rag one day. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, and you know what was crazy, and I think back, and I've only mentioned this probably a few times over the years, is when that stuff came out, I mean, I was going to Pineview Middle School in freaking Lando Lakes, right? I mean, no one had ever heard of it. But I tell you what, so many kids had those chronic hats, right? We all had the (laughs) chronic tape, and we didn't know really, we hadn't really had anything about Bonnie. But, man, we were like, yo, man, we're going to get some stuff, man. Because, I mean, dude, that was like – it was like a cultural phenomenon, dude. And if you think about that album, how many albums out now that you can just throw in the CD player? Well, nobody's probably using them (laughs) anymore. But, you know, who can – what album can you put in right now and every song be dope like that? You know what I mean? Every hit after hit was, was that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and people always talk about that. It's like you could put that CD in, that cassette, you know, boom, put it on streaming, whatever, to your point, and literally it rides. And that's a thing, like someone recently, I had this um, conversation with someone, um, someone had tweeted to MC Hammer, of all people, and they're like, yo, Hammer, when are you going to put out a new album? And, you know, Hammer, a lot of people don't know that he really kind of, even though he had lost some money, he had gotten in and started getting behind tech real big, right? So like Twitter and all these different things, he invested money. And he goes, you know, I don't think in today's world, like you really put an album out. Like in these days, you kind of put singles out. And you'll see like artists, like they'll put out 10 singles, you know, and they don't even have an album that they dropped recently. But in those days, like when you listen to that album and the way it flows into the next song, I mean, it really was just, it was amazing. And, and I, dude, I still remember, I still go on YouTube and watch the videos, man. Yeah, no doubt. It, I mean, that's why a lot of people are making the, you know, you know, the YouTube, you can go on YouTube and watch it. It's crazy now. Back then you had to, you had to wait for it to come on MTV or something, but now you can just go on YouTube and pop up any video you want. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. Vivo. I don't know the whole history behind them. They used to have an app. But Vivo basically became somehow the distributors distributors of music videos. So a lot of times when you're on YouTube and you'll see VEVO in the lower corner, it's like, you know, they put it out there and it's uh, like to your point, I mean, it's like, boom, they're dropping videos. A lot of even, uh, there's a guy I follow on uh, on Twitter. He is um, friends with like Compton's Most Wanted, MC8 and those guys. And he's like filmed a lot of videos for them. And when you talk about technology, we've gotten to the point where, like, you can have a nice high-end camera and you form, you know, you film a rap video and you get it out there. And that's key because that's how people find a lot of the music now these days. Yeah, that's true. Which that's is true. insane. Pop it, up, what, pop it up on social media and then you become famous. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, his name is, I just found it, is Big Ray. He goes by Westlife. But, um, you know, he's a cool dude and, you know, he's always out there. Uh, you know, filming videos and getting people to bring their cars and, and stuff like that, which I think is awesome. But I wanted to switch subjects a little bit. We mentioned some cars we wanted to talk about, but when we speak about kind of mainstream and how Lowrider had just, you know, f- just really forged a path into the, into pop culture, uh, Gypsy Rose is a Lowrider that so many know that name. It was sitting at the nation's capital there was a whole big thing, and I was surprised. I had shared some photos, and a lot of people didn't know um, about this. But you know, I would tell people uh, go out there and search Gypsy Rose Washington 
DC. Uh, there, there were some pretty amazing photos. Um, what are some of the things that you've heard about Gypsy Rose over the years? I mean, didn't this even recent recently come up in some conversations? Yeah, I mean, it, that's been coming up in conversations. I've seen a couple conversations on different, uh, you know, topics of like it being, you know, the best all-time lowrider. And, you know, some of the things were said, some of the comments were like, yeah, for its for its time it was, you know. I mean, yeah, you, you can't take it away from Gypsy Rose. That's it, it was, you know, famous back in the 70s. I mean, everybody knows low riding because of that car. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you're deep into the low riding roots, you know, everybody knows it. You got two cars, Gypsy Rose, and even G says it. It's it. It was nice from its era, but you can't pop the hood or trunk on that car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, now it's just like even the even the mini truck stuff. Everybody's you know cleaning up the motors or you know or you know the suspensions and stuff like that. And you you know you can't take away the fame you know the fame that that car got. And it was on you know a couple different episodes and even opened up for some TV shows and stuff like that. But you know the one and we we're proud of the car. It's in Japan now, a Santana 64, which was built by Gangster from Majestic Compton. I mean, that was that's one of the all, you know, when you think of it was ahead of its time. What people are doing to cars now, G was doing that back in the 90s, you know, and uh, it's a beautiful car. You got to pull it up. Santana 64. Yeah, because I remember and, it was uh, like it was kind of a white, uh, not white, but it was kind of a whitish, a whitish base coat. And it had a graphic that went down it, and it had just some really cool colors. If I remember correctly, that was the one um, that you're talking about. Yeah, it was the bandana theme. Yes, um, that's what it was. Yes, yep. it was. So, you know, he, he did it for his city, you know, and for his, his, you know, G was, you know, a lot of guys were in gangs back there, in, you know, in the, the 70s and 80s and all that. So Santana Block Crips was who G was with, and he built that car, car you know, for his city. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and, it's, it's uh, definitely a classic. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful car, and uh, you know, there was a guy out there. His name was Doc, that painted that car, and he painted a lot of cars out on the West Coast. I mean, he even traveled. Uh, so I, I know Arizona. I, I can't tell you where else he traveled. Unfortunately, G uh, Doc just passed away a few months ago. Rest in peace. And uh, he he was a phenomenal painter. I mean, as you can see with Santana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and one thing I learned was uh, my buddy Tim Davis, He, um, we were talking one day, and he had ha- somehow, he, you know, he told me the story. He went to a lowrider show. He lived out here, but he went to a lowrider show in L.A., and he had, like, a, a buddy, and I guess his buddy, you know, his parents had a lot of money, and they're like, hey, do you, you, know, you want to go with us? We're going to go to, you know, California, and he went out there, and he's like, you, you want to go to the lowrider show? And he's like, sure. And his dad took him, and he got a chance to see, I think it's referred to as Family Jewel. And that was the car that was in the Ice Cube. It was a Good Day video. And, and off the top of my head, I didn't know the name of it. Um, so I had posted a photo that he had shared, and then I did some more research and found some. But, like, that car, too, like, you know, it, it's odd how some of them just stick in our head. And we're like, man, that you know, that was such an awesome car, I thought. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there that was built back then, you know, or built in the early 2000s. And, you know, me, like what today is, low riding is today. I think Santana 
paved the way for that. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you're thinking, you're looking at car, chrome under, you know, chrome undercarriage, pop the hood, mirrors, all chrome, and motor all chromed out, pop the trunk, all chrome hydraulics. I mean, nobody was doing that back then. Mm-hmm. And then now, look, and what are you, what are you doing now? I mean, that's what, you know, everybody's doing that now. Except, you know, they're taking it to the next level of engraving and stuff like that. But a lot of these cars that you guys remember and we all remember went to Japan. They're all yes. in, a lot of them are in Japan. Japan, there's a big lowrider, uh, you know, they're it's big and lowriding out in Japan. And so they bought back then. They start coming over here buying the cars, you know. And uh, taking them back, so all these well-known lowriders, you know, God, I wish we had them back here now, but they're in Japan now. Yeah, for anyone that's a fan of Boys in the Hood movie, I had picked up the Blu-ray a couple years ago. Recipes John Singleton and a lot for a lot of the actors and and different characters in the movie. But the, if you watch it with the audio document uh, documentary or the auto the audio um, from the uh, director, uh, he talks about the car that was in that movie. And John Singleton makes kind of a joke, and he goes, man, he goes, I had an opportunity to buy that car, and I passed it up. And he goes, I really wish I wouldn't have. He goes, it's in Japan now, and it's worth a yep. lot more money than I could have bought it for. And, like, you, I mean, just imagine, I mean, we're talking about some, you know, like with, um, you know, the the six, the Santana, but then, you know, you think about some of the ones that were in a, a famous music video and things like that, and you just go, God, I mean, those cars are I mean, probably worth a lot of money because people just w- would want to have that now, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, you know, now Japan, they, you know, of course, they're building their own cars now. So I don't know if a lot of that transfer of buying cars from the U.S. and getting them over there is still going on. They'll, they'll buy from guys like G. Like G built the big body a few years ago, uh, Gangster. He built the big body Cadillac 94, and it went to Japan. You know, mm-hmm. and that was just a few years ago. But they they love him out there. He's like a celebrity in Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. And, and and I do see whether it be low riders, mini trucks, and like even BMX bikes. And I'll take it one step further. Like even Nike Air Jordans and things like that. The Japan culture really, they really love and embrace like what what we do here. And I think people may not realize that as much that, I mean, there's so many other countries that emulate what we do where they love the lowrider culture. That was, I mean, arguably we started here in, in America. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that that's just amazing, dude. Yeah. I mean, they, there's a lot of the big lowrider car clubs that are, that are here in the States. They've got chapters out there in Japan, including Majestics. We got a, we got a chapter in Japan. We got like uh 41 chapters total. That's insane, uh, dude. Majestics. Yeah, 41 chapters now, man. It's, it's grown like crazy since I've been in a club. But Japan has started a lot of their own chapters, obviously by the blessing of whoever the founders were here in the in the United States. But it's it's a big, low-riding community out there. Yeah, and you know, I want to talk about your car in a few minutes. Um, one car that I really appreciate, uh, and and maybe not a lot of people know about this one, I had the opportunity to write the feature for a slammed mag. And there's a guy on Instagram, if anybody wants to check it out, it's a totally different kind of Impala. His his name is 6-4 and then Kamal, K-A-M-A-L. And his Impala is basically, it's pretty much like doored. I mean, the thing is so low that you can't even see the rear wheel at all, right? But it, it looks 
like a normal lowrider, it's just super, super, super low, right? A little bit lower than you would may- maybe see um, just, you know, cruising out there. And when I look at, you know, what he's built and then having the opportunity to ride it for slammed, for this one, we actually titled it like Sixfo, S-I-X-F-O. And I-, I had an opportunity to look at so many of the high high-end photos and like how much detail work goes into it. And I just thought to myself, man, those guys over there, they they really can put together some pretty sick vehicles. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's a there's a six a sixty four just came out from Majestic's San Diego called Final Judgment. Mm-hmm. You want to see some crazy, insane work done to a car? Check that one out. That's it's it's amazing what he's done to that, and the mural work and everything else that's been done to that car. Oh, I see it right here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those colors, man. Those are, those are just amazing. Look at the feature on that car when you get a moment and they had to, you'll see how the whole, uh, the whole headliner inside that car, inside that car was muraled out. Yeah. That's just, that's insane, dude. Like the display itself, all the engraving, all the chrome plating. It's, um, yeah, the detail work is insane on that. When you pop the hood, and you look at the where the wheel wells were. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's sixty four fenders on the inside of the engine compartment. Oh, that's sick! Yeah, I see what you're saying. You see that? Yep. You see that? It's like revert. It, like like who would ever thought of that? I mean, it's just <laughs> the the detail in lowriders now is insane. You know. Yeah, and even under the deck lid, I mean, it looks like some some Da Vinci stuff. You know what I mean? The sixteen chapel and yeah. all that. And exactly, exactly. Yeah, definitely works of art. I wanted, yeah. you know, talking about the culture of of low rider or of low riding in general. Back in the day, you know, I had a few issues of low rider. I always looked at it on the newsstands, and I did pick up some issues here and there. And I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think, Joey, of Joe Ray continuing Low Rider Magazine as we know it? Right, it was around all these years. The last issue was December twenty nineteen, but he's continued this into the next maybe phase of, you know, of low rider as we know it as terms of a magazine via YouTube, you know, what are your thoughts on him being able to continue that and, and, um, you know, hopefully wrangle in some, some younger folks, um, with low riders. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm old school. So I miss <laughs> having the magazine in my mailbox every month. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, I understand, uh, the transition because of the day and age now everybody's on the internet and you know on youtube and doing this and doing that so they had to make you know they had to make decisions to keep the the magazine alive and and and, and do different things like they got you know where he he visits different shops or different people's houses you know the car clubs and 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 all that stuff's interesting i like that i like where they do uh uh, what is it? Roll low rider role models. Yes. I, I, that's another one. I, I really look. I really like that where they did the low, where they do the low rider role models. I, that was really. Uh, I feel that was important for the low rider community because we had stereotyped a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and still mm-hmm. do. So I feel with the low rider role models, it shows people: a we're not gang, we're not all gang bangers. We're not all, you know thugs or however you want people stereotype us you know there's there's professionals out there lawyers doctors you know shop owners you know business owners all these type of different people with all walks of life that just enjoy 
you know, enjoy that lifestyle, enjoy them cars, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it had to be done. I get that. Um, I understand a lot of people don't like the magazine thing or didn't care for it, but I'm old school. I miss the, I miss the magazines. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that because, you know, we lost mini trucking. Basically, it was, let's see, five years before that, give or take. It was like 2014. And um, then, you know, around 2019, that always sticks in my head because there was this big collapse of several magazines, including trucking. And a couple of them lived on, you know, and they still live on, I guess, online. But I think me personally, Lowrider is the one that comes to mind that has been able to really have the biggest force going forward instead of just going, oh, well, we're going to live online with this crappy website. They actually have a decent website. But to me, uh, I'm thankful for the Lowrider low role models because I watch those and it's given me ideas, kind of some inspiration. But it also highlights, I mean, if, you, if you've watched any of them, you'll know that um, it highlights people that have had some tragic things happen in their life, but it also yeah. highlights people that are doing amazing things. And to your point, it, it's definitely key not to stereotype folks in the one thing because low rider, not you know, just like all uh, motorcycle guys aren't hell, you know, they're not out there raising hell, you know. Yeah, uh, Many truckers exactly. were the same, and low riders, you guys are the same, right? You know, I mean, they just. Uh, I, I think that is important for the culture to. to you know, highlight these guys, and and they just did one on our president from Sacramento chapter, China Man, and that was a really good one. Um, it, it really heartfelt interview they did on him. So if anybody goes on role models, check out the one with China Man. That was it was a good one. So yeah, definitely, and you can just search uh, Low Rider and uh, or Low Rider role models. That's R O L E. So it kind of has that double entendre there, but there's even one you had mentioned earlier. There's the Majestics Car Club President 64 Impala. That was uh, Role Model Season 5, Episode 6, and they're free. They're kind of under the uh, Motor Trend umbrella based upon how everything kind of ended, uh, you know, with the magazines and so-and-so getting purchased out, but um, definitely good stuff there. Now, the other thing that was cool, you talk about publicity from a lowrider standpoint, um, Jay Leno's Garage. I mean, I really enjoy that show. He actually also did uh, one, uh, an episode related to lowriders, and um, Joe was also uh, uh, tied into that one as well. I thought that was pretty kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I thought so too, man. I mean, seeing these guys collaborate, like, you know, he has different styles of cars, so for him to open, you know, open up a, a series to give, you know, respect to low riders, that was cool, man. I, I like that. So. Yeah, and what was awesome, there's one scene in there, if everybody's seen it, it's kind of funny where, um, you know, Jay's like, well, hey, can I drive the car? And they're like, yeah, man, jump in. And then he, he, yeah. buttons, up, he buttons up his <laughs> shirt, the top button, and I was like, man, it just made me smile. I mean, I was like kind of laughing how he's, you know – trying to get uh you know all g'd up but he he loves he loves his cars man that's for sure and, it, and it's awesome the cool thing about that show is there's such a swing you'll see him talk about the shit that he really loves the old stuff and then you'll see him have a delorean freaking kit night rider car and then boom low riders man so i'm down with it well it was kind of like us out there at roosters at one time like there was a lot of different walks of life out there and yep. you know what 
a lot of, you know, I got to talk to a lot of different people out there. And I think it gave people in other walks of life a different outlook on the lowrider community and vice versa. Like, oh, man, that's cool, you know. And uh, whether it was a rat rod or whether it was a mini truck or a a muscle car, you know, oh, man, you know, with us getting in situations like that, it opens up doors for everybody to see that this walk of life is not much different than what you are. Exactly. It's just like we might like our stuff a little bit different and that's it. And I do think that's important. A lot of folks have said over the years and many truckers have said, you know, if you drive your stuff, maybe a kid will see, oh man, look at that, mom. I want to, I want to have something like that, you know? So, um, you know, getting the stuff out there and I even got to do a better job of, of kind of getting out there to the local stuff and, um, you know, showing kids that, Hey, we can do it. You know, they can do it too. But dude, I'm so excited to talk. I want to talk a little bit about, um, Joey, share with us a little bit about, I'll call it your 64 rag, dude. I mean, give us some of the details, man. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about it. No, I appreciate you having me on today, man. Um, yeah, brother. yeah, I got, like I told you earlier, I told myself when I seen that video, I was going to have a 64 rag and I got one and yeah, it's, I've had that car a long time. Actually, Jimbo found that car for me. No you way. Jimbo. Yeah. Jimbo found that car for me. Yeah. And, uh, what's funny is, you know, like I said, when I was younger, I seen that video, nothing but a G thing. I said, I'm going to have one of them. Well, then when I started Majestics, it was like the second or third year of Majestics. We showed at Lowrider Magazine show in Tampa at the fairgrounds. And one, of, I was in the Central Florida chapter then. We had a guy named Rob that had a 64 convertible that he just had restored. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I actually seen one in person. Had the 13s on it. He didn't, he, it, was, it was beautiful, clean, beautiful, clean car. That car is actually in Arizona now with uh, a good friend of mine that used to be in a club. He's actually with Uso Car Club now, Michael. And, uh, and after that show, Jimbo was at that show. I said, man, I need to find me one of them. And at the time, I had a, my second 80s, uh, that one was an 88 Monte Carlo LS that I had uh, all patterned out and tweed interior. And Dave Heifeld uh, painted that one. That was a nice car. Ah. And uh, like a couple days later, Jimbo's like, I found you the car, man. And I don't, I mean, I wish I could remember his name right now, but it was the owner of Boulevard Customs. Yes, I you, heard I that. Okay, he the car that car I got was his car, and ah. it was all in pieces. It was all like I had to climb up in the loft up there when they were over there on uh, what is that sixty sixth Street or is that is that Park Boulevard? Yeah, I when was I was getting confused. I think it's Park Boulevard. I think yeah, it's part it was Park Boulevard. So I had to climb up in the loft, and he had all the like these boxes full of parts, and uh, and I just you know bought the car, stuck them all in inside the car. And brought it home, and I had that car for. I've had that car for over 20 years, man. I've been really? working on it, you know. Yeah, but uh, what it was is, you know, you're younger. It's like you want to be on the street, so I'd work on it a little bit, and then push it off to the side and build another car. Yep. You know, and I did that for years, and then finally, about five years ago, I said, "Man, I, I pushed 40. I said, "Man, I need to finish this car. I ain't, I need to get rid of it." So for the last five years, I pushed hard on the car, and we're Damn. pretty much there. I didn't realize and, uh, that. Yeah, so yeah, I actually had a seventy, I had a seventy-seven 
uh, Cadillac Coupe DeVille that was actually featured in Lowrider magazine a few years ago before this. And it was all chromed out, and I had it 90. I put a 90 Fleetwood front end on it. And uh, a lot of people know that car. It was uh, it was called the M-Way uh, in Lowrider magazine. Um, but, yeah, I, I, that was a nice car. But I sold that car to finance the Impala. And uh, it's a 64 Impala rag, like you said. All chrome suspension. I put the Toyota rear end in it. And, uh, you know, we got, I took the dash out. The, the, the bottom half of the dash is chrome plated. All chrome suspension, the motor. I got a two pump uh, Black Magic hydraulic setup in the trunk, all painted with music and LEDs. Uh, Firm Hydro Works, Renee did the install of the hydraulics. And um, we had Herm, he, uh, he helped me with the framing stuff originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herm actually used to be my vice president in Majestic Car Club Daytona. Ah, okay. He does so, yeah. So, but me and him were still good friends, man. And, um, I, yeah, so, yeah, we got the 13 by 7 Zeniths on it. It's, uh, I, I painted it fawn beige. Uh, it's a 62 Impala color. And then I had the mural done on the trunk. Uh, the car's called the Game Changer 64. So I had a mural, like, good and, and bad on the on the trunk. Something different. There's a, there's a artist over here. And uh, Central Florida over, and I think he lives in Longwood. His name's Travis Wilson. You need to look him up on Facebook. Okay. Amazing work. Amazing. It's called Vast Designs, V-A-S Designs. And uh, I've seen his work. Uh, he mostly, he always did motorcycles. And then uh, a friend of mine, John Bianco, told me, I was like, man, I need to find somebody local that does, like, detailed, realistic, like, airbrush. And he goes, you got to talk to Travis. I see. I went on his page and looked at his work, and I said, "Man, I hit him up and said, you got to do my, you got to do my deck lid.'" And he goes, "Man, I ain't never did no cars. Always did bikes." I said, "You gonna do a car now?" <laughs> yeah, because you had the confidence, and I'm like, "Dude, let's do this." Yeah, and uh, now he loves doing low riders. So now you know, kind of paint the picture for us. The color. I'm looking at some photos I took when I saw you at Roosters um, out there. The color, is that a factory color that you would say? Because that's one of my favorite colors. I've seen the cars that are very similar, and I wasn't sure if that was a factory color. It wasn't a 64 color, but I loved the color so much. It was a 62 color called Fawn Beige. Got it. Yep. Okay. Now, the trunk setup is is sick because you've got the pumps. You've got the batteries where they look like um, they're all painted, right? They're all detailed, too. But then you also have a speaker box, and I don't always see... You know, with the lowrider car, right? Some people have different setups, but with yours, you know, you've got the lights in it, you've got the speakers, and everything. I mean, everything in the trunk literally ties in. Talk to us a little bit about some of the detail that you did in the trunk. In the trunk, we did uh, the speaker box with the acrylic glass, uh, and then I have I work for a plywood company, wholesale plywood company, so I know a lot of guys with CNC. So I had one of my customers do the Majestics uh, plaque and the glass. And then the guy that built the box for me was a guy over here local. Uh, he has a company called Sounds by Design. His name's Aaron Dunkel. Mm-hmm. He built the box for me and put the glass with the LED strip in it so it all lights up. And then Renee, when he did the hydraulics, he put the LEDs up underneath the hydraulic pump. So I got a remote that works it all. And then uh, the batteries are all painted the same color as the car. 
I trimmed out the trunk. Actually, had a guy, a good friend of mine, Miguel. Uh, he's got a shop called Kamikaze Customs. Mm-hmm. He trimmed out all everything to box my trunk in, and then we painted it the same color as the car, so it can just finish off the trunk real nice. Yeah, it looks so good. Talk to us. I, I can't find my photo I took that night, but I remember spending some time looking at the interior. And uh, you had some cool stuff in there. Was it? It was some sort of lights, or was it like a rare old feature or something that lowriders put in the the cars? I'm trying to remember yeah, what it was I under a, the dash. Yeah, it's a Bowman uh, sound bar. So yeah. it hooks. Yeah, it's a sound bar. So it, it, that's a West. It's you know they've done it for years, but it's big on the West Coast. Herm and them run them in their cars too. Um, but basically, it, it it lights up with the beat of the music. Yeah, so, kind of like that old uh, school kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I kept it traditional with the interior. The interior is all stock, except uh, I want I like the hard top 64 Impala pattern. So I had the seats done by a company out of Alabama called ProFit Interiors. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, you know, with the rear seat being the convertible seat smaller, they had to, you know, fabricate it and do the hard top pattern and that. But, every, you know, the interior is all stock pattern. That's you know, I like that. Like I was telling you earlier, I like the whole traditional lowrider look, man. To me, less is more. So yeah, you know, all this. I you know I agree. Now talk to us. Like if I zoom in on some of my photos, did the car? It looks like it has power windows, right? Is that it? Was that part of the whole thing you wanted to do to make like almost like minimum make it more like streamlined? Does it have power windows? Well, it it was an option back in '64, but yes, it, the car does have power windows. Um, it's not an OG setup. There's a company uh, I can't remember the name that of makes them right them. now, but okay. they sell. Yeah, that makes a power window kit for the car. So yeah, I got power windows in it. I got AC in it, like an aftermarket AC system in it. Um, I got you know, I did what I did with the, the change up the interior a little bit. I wanted. I didn't want aftermarket AC vents. So what I did is I, Eric from ED restorations found me a lower half dash that was eight with it, which was an AC dash because that was an option back then. So that was hard to find. He found the dash for me. So what I did is we cut the dash. If, if you look on the uh, 64 Impalas and even some of the other years, it's kind of got a seam running the long way. Mm -hmm. So we trim that seam mocked it all up and so the lower half of my dash is all chrome plated yeah the top has to color the car so that's pretty dope yeah my dad had a 63 i think it was and um you know he always told me about it and just seeing the car and seeing all the detail in it and really like arguably a lot of people will say man like these cars like you'll see the old assembly line photos and it's like, dude, Chevy was just, dude, they were hitting their stride, man. Like, these were, like, the cars that I think really define them, dude. I mean, they're just, I mean, they're beautiful cars. I mean, there's no other way I can explain it. Um, one of my favorite features is the dual antenna. What's one of your favorite features on your car now that you have it totally done and restored? Well, I, I, man, there's so much to see on my <laughs> car. I mean, that's, that's, a hard, that's a hard decision. But I, I think... I got to say probably my favorite part is the trunk on the car because there's there it's, I I look at it like, man, I can't believe this is my car. can't, it doesn't seem real to me, you know, but, uh, I, that's probably my favorite part is the trunk. 
Yeah, I mean it's. I see the car, and it's like one you could see in a music video, a TV show. I mean it's. I mean it's that nice of a car. Uh, you know, we'll we'll share some photos with everyone. Yeah, I'll send you some. I'll send you some other photos too. Um, yeah, that you download. But what I did to this car is like every single piece of the trim, all the molding down the side, the suspension. If you pop the hood on my trunk, or uh, the pop the hood on my car, I'm sorry. Uh, the wheel wells are I had chrome plated. The whole grill, everything that unbolted from the car, and even some things like the dash, I had chrome plated. Mm -hmm. The whole cars, chrome. And when I couldn't have chrome, like the stainless around the windshield, I had that all polished to chrome finish. Yeah, it looks really good. It really pops. the The thing that I think to me that blows my mind, and you mentioned this earlier. There was a girl. I always forget her name because I think she's I think she's Japanese, but she lives in L.A. with her boyfriend. She's in the hopping. She's got an Impala. She's in the shoes and stuff, and I forget her name. But when I look at her car, and they were also on role models, I think, and I look at your yeah. car, and I look at other folks, right? I mean, you nailed it earlier, Joey. It's these cars are so clean. I almost go, dude, like when I saw it there, I was like looking around, I was like, where's the trailer, where's the trailer? And not in a disrespectful way, but I'm saying, dude, the car is so nice. It's hard, I mean, was is it hard to get in and turn the key and go, okay, I want to cruise down the road? Because you're, you're thinking to myself, I got all this time, all this detail. Talk to us a little bit about that whole, you know, situation. Well, you're always, you're always nervous about, <laughs> you know, other people on the road. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like. But, you know, what's funny is that night at Roosters, um, you know, I did trailer it from Daytona over to, to, you know, do Herm's New Year's picnic and then do Roosters that night. But I drove it to Roosters. Dope. And then from there, I stayed at a hotel down the road. And I was telling Jimbo, I was like, hey, I'm going to take it back. And I was keeping it with at their spot, him and Rihanna's spot. And I was like, I'm going to take it back. And he goes, no, you're going to drive it to the shop. That was the first time I ever drove that car you know, long distance. That, that length, yeah. Yeah, and it that, had to be a good night. feeling for you, Joey. Oh, it was amazing. And like, and now, like, after you do that first run, after doing a frame-off build like that, you're always nervous, like, what's going to happen, <laughs> what's going to go on. Yep. And after doing your first drive, you get more confident. But, uh, you know, a lot of people say that, like, man, you've done so much, you sure you want to drive it? And I'm like, what's the point of having it if you don't drive it? Yeah, it's a you very know? good point. And, and I'm a perfect candidate for that because, you know, I finished this truck in 2012, you know, really Jimmy's Rod and Customs did, and then Big Body's Interior, they finished my truck, and, you know, I drove it a little bit, and then I, I had some issues, like I overheated it, and then, you know, I had to change the valve cover or the um, head gaskets, and I had all these hiccups, and I had this really nice show truck, but I always felt like I had this, like, little mountain to get over. Earlier this year, I take the Jimmy, him and Tim, they go through it they do this huge bucket list and then I get a chance to drive the truck, you know, and just, you just get in, you turn the key, it fires up. Such a good feeling, man. Just having something that you don't have to push around, having something that you know is well built and it's just, dude, it's hitting on all cylinders, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to driving it more. Like, I guess I'm being real picky with trying to finish details on the car. So I haven't drove it much, you know, mm -hmm. around the neighborhood or whatever. I'm just ready to get to the point where I'm, you know, I'm ready to, you know, I'm just ready to drive it and get out and cruise on a Friday night and then ready to build a cruise cruise over here to where, like Herman and do, man, run, where we can cruise once a month or whatever, you know, and get a bunch of guys together and start cruising. 
I, you know, I've had that car for so many years. It's time to enjoy it. So. Yeah, it looks so good, and and it didn't click to me that you had it for so long. And I mean, obviously, you put the work in. I mean, you really pushed, um, you know, to get this thing over the top, and it, it's just awesome. You know, it really is. And when I see it, I'm just like, dude, blown away. Um, I know Jimbo. You mentioned him. I know you mentioned Rihanna. Um, she's good people. You know, both of them are good folks. When I wanted to ask you this, when you first got the car. That day, like, did it feel like a TV show? Like, okay, you're like, man, I'm getting a 64 Impala, kind of my, quote, dream car, so to speak. You know, I'm in this shop. I'm digging for the parts. And, you know, now you see the shows like a Richard Rawlings or, you know, all these different TV shows. But, like, what was the feeling the day that you bought it? Were you like, oh, shit, I got what I wanted? Or, like, damn, I got this uphill battle? No, I was excited. Like, man, I finally, you know, I finally got it, you know. And, and we, I didn't know, I didn't know the battle it was going to be to get it to where it is today but the day i got it man i i followed it was on the tow truck and i it, <laughs> like i said it was over there in pinellas park and i lived in tampa so i followed the tow truck all the way home taking pictures i got pictures of it going across the gandy bridge on the tow truck you know Hells and yeah. uh and i never see i never i never expected to be the battle that it has been but you know, the reward at the end, it'll pay off. You know, it's just, it's, there's plenty of times I wanted to give up, but, you know, I didn't. And, you know, like I said, everybody has a vision for what they want. And I had this vision from the day I bought it. Changed the color uh, once or twice, but, you know, the, my vision that I had for the final is, it's coming together. And, uh, and that's the reward is like, you're, you know, when I was, putting all these parts together and buying parts and all the chrome i mean i don't know everybody says what are you going to do now because like building this car has been like another job it's like a whole other job like uh finding this part or that part or you know dealing with the the vendors to get your parts and i'm almost at the end it's like well i guess that's why i bought my wife that 94 cadillac so i can start <laughs> building it next so i'm always got something to do you know so yeah real talk you know, you kind of hit on it there, but like, what would be your advice for someone that, you know, maybe they, they feel like the weight of the world's on their shoulders to finish a build or, you know, God, I've been looking on eBay or I've been looking here, I want to buy this, but I know it's going to be an uphill battle, right? You went through 20 years in the trenches, you know, building other stuff. You kind of go, you know what? I hit my 40. Um, I want to see this light at the end of the tunnel. Kind of like what I did earlier this year with Jimmy's Running Customs helping me uh, get over this little hump that I had. Uh, what advice would you give them, Joey, in terms of like seeing their project all the way through? Keyword patience. <laughs> there you, you know? go. You got to have patience is the key. The number one thing. The the second thing I recommend is, you know, finding, you know, there, you know, I, like I said, I started this journey 20 years ago. If I knew a lot of the things I knew today, I would have did a lot of things different, but I can't turn back time. You know, make sure that you are, you find the right resources to see your build through. You know, there's a lot of, and we all know there's a lot of shady shops out there. You know, a lot of shady people just want to take your money and they'll leave you on the back burner. So mm -hmm. my, rec my recommendation, talk to people that that's in the scene, whether it's mini trucks, whether it's low riders, whether it's, you know, whatever you're in, muscle cars. Make sure you're talking to people in that scene that's dealt with people and then can point you in the right direction. 
yeah, one of the guys in um, the Lincoln groups recently talked about how he was going to have a shop work on his Lincoln, and he had seen all these people, these horror stories of people getting just taken for tons of money, and he goes, you know, I'm going to give this guy a small job first with this old Ford pickup I've got. Nothing crazy, boom, right? And he goes, dude, it's been like 160 days or whatever, and he's like the guy you know, took a deposit, and he hasn't done a thing on it, right? Yes. And he goes, dude, he goes, this is what I'm going to start doing from here on out. He's like, if, you know, if you tell me to bring my car today and you're going to start working on it within like a couple weeks or a month or whatever, and, you know, in six months of has gone by and you haven't touched anything, like you may not want to take a 40 or 50,000 plus, 100,000 plus, you know, restoration to the guy, you know? So like, I would always yeah. suggest that too, like, you know, word of mouth, but then also talk to different people, as you mentioned and I think on top of that is you got to be careful. Everybody's going to tell you, oh, I can do it. Oh, I, we knew a guy locally. It was the same way. He's like, man, he goes, yeah. the customer's here and they leave. He goes, everything's out the window. And I was thinking to myself, really? Did you just say that? And and he was just, all he's about is getting that little bit of 500 deposit. That's all he needs. The And then yeah. boom. And I'm like, man, this is not a guy I want to hang out with, you know? That's mo- that's most shops nowadays. You got That's what I said. There's And these older vehicles... You know, it's becoming a lost art to find these body shop guys that can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, just to just prove in point, it took three shops to get my car done. I took it to three different body shops. So when I when you when I tell you twenty years, ten years of that was sitting in body shops. I was in I was in I was in paint prison. You know, is what they call it. You know. Yep. Like yep. dealing with nonsense, just dealing with nonsense, like trying to give them a chance, trying to give them the, the benefit of the doubt three years there, four years there. And then, you know, finally got it to a shop. The guy knew what he was doing and he kept his word. He was an honest guy. You don't want to go through that. 10 years of your life goes by and then you don't even have a car to paint yet. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think in my mind, at least one of the things that people tend to not really realize is like, okay, so he's telling you that, right? This one guy, well, then he's telling his other 10 customers the same thing. Well, just give me another week, man. And then a week goes by, a month goes by, years go, oh, man, I'm going to get to you this week. Well, he's probably telling 10 or 15 of his other customers that. And that's the frustrating thing. Yeah. I got one of my best friends, you know, he, you know, he'll go and he'll get stuff done and, and, and then he'll be like, oh, man, you know, the car's sitting in. And I know some shops, you know, that we all go through trials and tribulations. I deal with a lot of contractors at work where, um, you know, they'll have a loved one that passes away and you know, they've sold 300 pools and their life goes in turmoil. Well, if you take in money from all these people, you got to stand by your word. You can't just be like, and there's a company that just went out of business in this area. You know, I mean, they had sold 300 some odd pools. It's like, so, you know, I didn't, I definitely encourage people like you, you, you said it, Joey, you know, do your homework. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do your homework. And then if you get with a body and paint guy, that's the hardest part of the build, I think, is the body and paint, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, rec- I recommend, you know, all right, well, I want to talk to some, let me see your, uh, let me see what your, some of your past work, and I want to talk to some of your, get some references, <laughs> you know? Hey, let me get a couple of your old customers re- that can uh, vouch for you, you know? Exactly. So. Yep. Well, before we kind of wrap it up, and I'll ask you in a minute if you've got anything else. I mean, dude, it's been such a pleasure. Um. You know, what's something that's ironic is when you and I have talked a couple times, dude, we talked about mini trucking and, you know, obviously, you know, we're heavy in the mini trucks and uh, minis on the rise is our little catchphrase. My buddy, Tony Bolin, kind of a spinoff of his on the rise stuff. But, um, 
man, dude, it's it's pretty cool. I'm sure you see the minis are on the rise, man. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know, I never had one, but man, I love it. I, I love the style. I love I love seeing it coming back. You know, I'm an old school guy, so seeing these even the, this uh, the old school mini, you know, style coming back is like it's got me stoked, man. And you know, if I had more time, I would love to have one, but. You yep. only have so much time and money in life, you know? So, Yeah, and that's the cool thing. Like, you and I can kind of get down and we can talk about cars and the culture and the music and just different, you know, different pieces of what we like. And I think that's important because, um, you know, just like I've never technically owned a lowrider, but I tell you what, man, you could look at the categories of shit I watch on YouTube and, like, lowriders is, like, a big aspect of that. Um, speaking of that, like I see a lot of hopping and it blows my mind at how good these guys can control the cars. I'm thinking, you know, we used to like to drag a lot, but dude, you see these guys in these cruises and they're just going kapow, kapow. And they're, and they're, I'm like, it has to take some practice to get to that level, but then they're wrapping the frames. They're doing the curry rear ends. Like, I mean, to me, like all of that stuff just goes into the, the culture of what we love, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, like I said earlier, you got your different styles of low riders, you got your low and slow guys, and then you got your hoppers. The hoppers, man, they, you know, they, <laughs> it doesn't come easy. That's a lot of work, you yeah. know. And I can't tell you these guys that I know, like I told you about Renee and Firm Hydro Works. Them guys are into the hopping big time. I mean, they'll do, they do all the cars, the low and slow and the hopping, but they got, they got a couple hoppers over there, man. They got, they're still, and they're building more, but. I mean, there's a lot of money, and every time they hop them cars in them competitions and all that, they got to bring them back, and you know, either they're either working on them during the competition, or they got to bring it back and redo stuff. They're spending every time they hop that car, they got to spend two, three, four hundred dollars every time. It's not a cheap sport. Yeah. So, and to build it, that's frame off. It's like building a show car. It's a totally frame off situation because you got to build that that frame coming off. The GM factory line wasn't built to to do that, so they have to you know turn it into like an armor truck, you know. Exactly. Um, the last thing I'll share like about mini trucks is um, for those that don't know, there were two covers that had Dayton wire wheels on it. So there was uh, Spring '89, which was issue three, way back in the day, and then um, actually I think there were, I think there were yeah two, and then the other one was um, issue 55, July 96. That was the Mazda single cab. And this one was the most lowrider themed mini truck in issue, I think. It was the Mazda single cab with Red's hydraulics uh, hopping on the cover. And I always thought, like, I wish they would have done more of that. But there's a whole style, and I follow a couple Instagram pages in Hawaii. They have their own, like, Hawaiian style, they kind of call it, with mini trucks and, like, the colors, the golds, the wire wheels and stuff. They have like their own like mini trucking genre there, and I always thought that was kind of cool. And I'd like to see more of it. I, I guess I need to share some of those photos sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I like to see that, man. I have so much respect for the the mini truck scene, man. The the, the work, you know, we talk about the quality of working lowriders, man. The quality of working these mini trucks is phenomenal. Like yeah. the paint jobs, you know, the paint jobs. I mean, you pop the hoods on a lot of them <laughs> trucks, and it's like all chromed out or powder coated or or whatever anodized whatever they're doing and yeah man much respect much respect to you guys man I, I like that i like that whole scene like i have a lot of respect for you guys yeah and it's mutual man i i really appreciate that because i mean i see some of the lowrider stuff and 
you know, we didn't get a chance to really talk about the displays and stuff. And there's a few guys in mini trucking that do, do it. But I mean, I think about all the work to, to set the vehicle up and to do all of this. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And one of the role models I had watched, um, it was, it had to do with a family that painted this truck back in the day. It was a really, really famous truck. And they got the painter there and they had the family and they talked about like how much like they're like, man, well, we went to this show and you know, this guy beat us. So we went back to the drawing board and we, we, we went even harder in the paint. And then, well, we did this and then we took the best of show and that camaraderie that wasn't a disrespectful thing. It was, it was a thing of pride, right? To go out and, and hustle hard and win that award. Um, I love, I do love that. And, um, but the low rider guys and the ladies out there, man, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, even our friend, Christina Saremi, she, um, her Cadillac was in low rider magazine and she has billet wheels, you know, she has an LS swap, but she overall has this theme of just badassery, right? So it, it, it's, it, it just goes to show the whole culture isn't one specific thing. It's like, oh, well, it didn't have wire wheels. Yeah, but it has the, the whole culture behind it, you know, and that it was really cool to see hers in print. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and the whole wire wheel thing, yeah, that's like in Majestics, you got to have that, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean any. There's other clubs out there. You don't have to have wire wheels. You can run some screens and this and that. That's what I was talking about earlier doesn't mean it doesn't make it a low rider. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, Joey, why don't you give a shout out to your family, dude? I mean, it's been awesome sitting down, but I know, you know, you kind of shouted out the wife and the, and the kids earlier, but man, give him a huge shout out, brother. Well, I want to, I want to give a shout out first and foremost, my wife, the patience she has, the way she stuck it through over the last four or five, you know, four years with me, five years with just trying to finish up the car. I mean, it takes a lot of time away from the family to, to do them things, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, shout out. And in, in the middle of all that, we had a, a beautiful baby girl, you know, and she's she's about to be three years old. So in the middle of trying to have a baby and then, you know, I have two, two other, we have two other little kids, um, you know, that she brought to the table. And them are, that's my son and daughter that through marriage, man, and Jay, you know, Javian and, destiny and sierra is our baby and you know i just want to shout out to my family man for all the patience and 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 my wife dealing with the kids while i'm doing what i had to do and then i want to give a shout out to all my club brothers out there majestics worldwide man you know you guys give me the inspiration to do what i do and to keep going much love and respect to all them guys especially g man believing in me you know to give me my chapter and, and always having faith in me out here on the east coast you know so yeah, that's real talk. You know, remember when Pac said, uh, we ain't shit without our homeboys. Well, we ain't shit without our families. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to thank, you know, I've mentioned a lot through this whole interview, Jimbo. And, man, you know, he, we've been friends for a long time, <laughs> you know. And uh, he was the first guy I met in Florida. So much respect to him, man. He's like a brother to me. So Yeah, that's cool, man. I'll- I want to get a ride in your car one day. Jimbo and Rihanna were like, yeah, I got to ride in that. I said, nah, man, that, that ain't cool. I yeah, was messing with them. You no know? doubt. Yeah, and I, you know, I want to thank everybody that helped me get the car to where it is today, man. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Firm Hydro Works, Kamikaze, Sounds by Design. I mean, man, who else is there? Uh, you got D- Doug, my painter. Thank you, man. He's always there for me right before every show, making sure everything's right. You know, um, man. 
the list goes on. I know I'm forgetting. EDE Restorations, Eric Well Jr., man. Thank you so much, man. He's another one that's been there for me to get the car where it is by helping me with the assembly and getting it running and everything else, man. You know, thanks a lot, Eric, man, from ED Restorations. You need, you want a good shop to help restore your Impala or even any of your muscle cars? That's the shop, man, right there. So, yeah, then, um, you that's know, a good have, word. Yeah. I want to mention, too, man, uh, I'm putting together a show for next year. I know we missed it the last two years with COVID and everything. So I'm in uh, talks with uh, hopefully Volusia County Fairgrounds is where we're pushing to have it. And everybody's welcome. With Majestic's Daytona Beach show, it's not just a lowrider show. I've been doing that show for over 10 years, man. And anybody that's come out this way, um, they know we got muscle cars there, a lot of imports, man. I got more imports than I do lowriders that show up to that show, man. <laughs> that's a dope. And, uh, much, res- much respect to Street Styles Car Club and uh, Wild and Crazy Car Club. They're the import guys out this way they got to dog trucks and stuff too but they always support me but many trucks man i'd love to see a fleet of many trucks show up next year and uh, all you guys are welcome man so yeah you sent the word and and we'll do whatever we can to make it happen um i would also um want to do a a quick little blurb um if you guys love low vehicles whether it be a mini truck a low rider we even had a lincoln on the cover check out all-time low magazine go to atlmagazine.com and speaking of ATL Magazine, you can uh, end up buying individual issues or a subscription. And um, we'll have to talk with our family over there at ATL Magazine about, um, you know, there's not as many magazines these days where you can get featured, right? I mean, there's Dub and there's a few. But the cool thing about All Time Low, Joey, is that they feature everything. So, like, I shot a Lincoln 65, my buddy my buddy Tom's, and they ran it on the cover. Yeah. So, you okay. know, if there's an opportunity to go, hey, man, maybe run a lowrider in ATL Magazine. I mean, they've done this kind of stuff before. Uh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to help. And, you know, I would encourage people, you know, they support the scene. Uh, visit ATLmagazine.com. Uh, but, yeah, man, dude, it's been a pleasure. It, it's awesome for me. Um, I guess I got this from my dad. I love meeting other people. So, you know, it, it's awesome when I can go to a show and slap hands with a dude or a chick and, and talk about the lifestyle right and, and the cars and all this stuff yeah um you know that's that's what's most important to me and to be able to have you come on and kind of share some of that and i want to give a huge shout out to the majestics worldwide i mean i got a lot of love and respect for i've seen those logos for years i'm following the founder now but i mean for you to kind of help bridge the gap and talk a little bit about some of the stuff on the lowrider side much appreciated and much love brother well i appreciate you having me on the show man and uh been looking forward to this for a long time and you know hopefully it's uh open eyes for us to kind of put them the the guards down the walls down man and it's all just unite you know as just car and truck enthusiasts you know i couldn't have said it better brother that's a good promo right there but it's joey majestics on instagram just how it sounds no hashtag or no underscore i should say um no spaces just you know just check them out and you know, Joey, um, I do really hope to get out to your show. I mean, you can you can put me down for it. So, you know, keep me in the loop. You can text me anytime, and, you know, we'll get the word out, and uh, we'll try to go full force. And uh, my buddy, my buddy yeah. um, Jimmy at Jimmy's Running Customs, he's out there in that area. I think he technically is in Volusia County. Uh, he's in Edgewater. Okay. So next time I'm out yeah. there, I'll have to look you up. We'll have to get some, a bite to eat or something. Yeah, man, that'd be great, man. Yeah, we're looking at February 2022, man. Uh 
So as man, when I get closer, maybe we can get back on the show and uh, you know just put a little follow up on some things and put the show out there. You know, one thousand percent, brother. Well, listen, keep in touch, and I'll do the same. Absolutely. Man. All right, sounds good, man. Send me the info on that magazine, man. I'm interested in looking at that. There's another, uh, you know, like we said earlier, and I'll, I'll let you go, is there's not a lot of actual published magazines out there, so I'm interested in that ATL. But there's a new one. The guy's up and coming out on the West Coast. He hasn't made it out here yet. It's called Centerfolds, F-O-L-D-Z. Check that one. I just got their first issue. He doesn't do them every month, but, man, the, the quality of the magazine is amazing. Yeah, I see it right yeah, here. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I'm, I just hit follow on it. Center, a lowrider center folds with a Z. I'll definitely yeah. check that out. Yeah, I love the whole culture stuff. And there's another magazine, CK Trucks, that recently came out. And I actually saw it on newsstands. So they, you know, print is not dead, as All Time Low Magazine always says. But sometimes it's when you see it in person, you then you go, oh, wow, I guess it isn't dead. That's pretty awesome. So, well, the Impala, the Impala hasn't been. Uh, Ain't been in no magazine yet, so we'll yep. see if we can get it in a published magazine. Yeah, one thousand percent. We'll keep in touch, Joey. And again, much love, Majestics worldwide, and uh, keep doing what you do, brother. All right, thank you, brother. Thanks again. We at you. Bye.